Ooh, this is not cold. Okay. The champagne? Yeah, that's why I just made that face, too, because uh -huh. I like... Like, I was expecting cold champagne. Ice-cold champagne. We're fine. Champagne on ice. Okay. Venice Beach sunsets. <laughs> Let's do this. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey. Hello. It's 4.11 p.m., and we're drunk. Yeah, what's up? Um, welcome to, to like. another exciting episode of Anyways, How's Your Sex Life? We are your drunk hosts. I'm Channa. I'm Corey. Welcome to episode 60. 60. So, so close. So, so close, close to 69. We're so close. And episode 69 is in April, and the whole month of April is 420. Yes. So it's going to be a good time. But anyways, I'm excited. we're here. 60 episodes in. That's a lot of episodes. Oh, yeah. So thanks for listening. We're good. Let's get into your affogato fact. So yeah, we don't have any announcements or anything special like Other that? than the fact that Simone and S'mores are with us today. S'mores... We're all pumped. It's the middle of the day. Yeah, so like they're wide awake. They just napped for the past, you know, eight hours. So yeah. they're here. So they're basically here. Simone S'mores is just like fiddling with something under the couch while she's flashing her pussy. Yeah, doing it's you super know, super fun. Like mother, like daughter. And yeah. then Simone is <laughs> nooking somewhere again, like mother, like daughter. Yes, I love it. So let's get into your affogato fact. Yeah, my affogato fact. So mine today, because it is Women's History Month, yes, which we is. figured out that it's not. Women's appreciation. Yeah, month. it's women's it's history. Women's month. History. So I lost like a hundred women points. I lost a billion. Women yeah, because <laughs> I had a billion. Because you had a billion to begin with. Okay, so I'm just gonna start it out with some like fun, interesting facts. These are more just fun related, more like fun sexual related, and then you're like um, women masturbate too. Yeah, crazy. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh my god. And then like the and then I'm gonna talk about a fun, interesting like badass bitch. And then I'm going to go, and then, like, next week, I'll be a little bit more, like, you know, a little, not interesting, but I'll be more um, informative. <laughs> I know, right? Oof. Next week will be a little bit more interesting, so we're going to focus less on women yeah. and focus more on other things. More on men. More yeah, on like men. People with dicks instead of We're going to talk about the great men that helped the women's movement. That have been overlooked by herstory. Yeah. Herstory, you know? Uh, <laughs> Speaking uh, of, today is RuPaul. Oh, yes. Today it's is the RuPaul. season 12 premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race. You know, also, I love like reality TV, but I've never gone into Ru RuPaul. I, I just, I finally watched season four and five, which are supposed to be really good seasons. Mm. Um, and I really want, like, I'm into it now. But I think it's definitely something I don't want to watch alone. I mm. want to watch with like a group of people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or for me, like watching reality TV shows alone is like the ultimate You're pleasure. Like, That's <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> Mine's horror movies. <laughs> um, also today... Lady Gaga's yes. Stupid Love came out. The most important announcement of this entire <laughs> that podcast. That is the announcement. The Song of the Summer, which was released in February. <laughs> was released in February. Has happened. We Summer's over. Just yes. <laughs> summer's yeah. It's done. It's Halloween time now. Because, <laughs> like, Happy Halloween. I listened to it at least five times on repeat it's, on the way over here. Yeah, it's so good. It's so fucking it, that, good. That dugga 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 yeah. dugga dugga, that, like, synth in the background. I don't, like, I want every song that has that and just, like, I want that to be played. Yeah, I, I want to go clubbing desperately in that yeah. song because everyone's gonna be like yeah uh, everyone's gonna be just fucking losing it that those are announcements so Very my important. faggot fact now let's do some fun facts about women and then i'll get into the girl we're talking about today so about two percent of women have a su supernumerary supernumerary <laughs> <laughs> we're starting off strong yes <laughs> uh, which is uh having a third nipple oh so about two percent of women have a third nipple i do not have a third nipple 
Sorry, um, people who masturbate to my voice. Women live longer than men. Yeah. Um, so we've all sort of known that. We've always heard that. But it is because partially because of their immune systems, which age slower than men. Ooh. No idea that was like one of the accredited reasons. Why. Ha. You're going to get the coronavirus before I get the coronavirus. I'll be fine. We'll be <laughs> <done>. <laughs> no, we don't have health insurance. I am we- going to L.A. <laughs> I, You're flying like on a plane. Like maybe tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so the witch- the richest, the witchest, lol. The richest woman in the world is Christy Walton. She's worth four point uh forty one point seven billion dollars. Good for and her. And she inherited it from a stake that she had in Walmart, which is basically most of her fortune. Good for her. Um, in the sixteenth century France, women could charge their husbands with impotence as a reason for divorce. Yes. Damn, bitch. Get it. Get it, France. Get it. Mm, mm, um, mm. The convicted husbands would have to prove themselves in a public trial through successfully ejaculating. Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> fucking awesome. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> Such a weird time. Why doesn't does that still exist? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, a woman's clitoris grows throughout her lifetime. Did you know this? Yeah. By the end of your lifetime, you have a seven-inch clit. Oh, my God. No, I'm just I had kidding. No it's I- not seven inches. <laughs> I had no idea that your, like, clit, your clit grew. I did not know your clit continued growing. As you got growing. older. Yeah. So this means that many women in their 40s and 50s have stronger orgasms as they did in their teens and 20s because Ooh. your clit is bigger. Can't wait for my 40s I know, and 50s. right? Oh, my God. I had no idea. That's so cool. Big old clit. Um, in seven, or there was a 1770 bill that proposed in the British par- Parliament that suggested that any woman wearing makeup should be punished for witchcraft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so these are like my favorite memes. <laughs> the, 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 the blinking eye like, Have guy. Have you seen the new one where it's the... The, the, the finger one? Yeah, I posted that on fucking Facebook. It's, you know, like those tricks you can do where you can make like your finger oh look like you like God. popped it you off or whatever? Off. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that. It's like 1800s like people. <laughs> with the with the with the blinking eye the meme. Blinking that's eye that's meme. like my favorite I meme love right that now. One. It's so good. Or like woman does basic math. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the last one that I have is women first began. So I'm actually gonna do a whole faggot fact on this. So woman, woman, women first began to wear heels in order to in, uh, imitate men who started donning high heels in the 1600s as a sign of their masculinity and status. What? So uh, pornography in the 19th century is what is credited with bringing back high, high heels or bringing high heels into women's fashion. That's crazy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's cool. Yeah, I wanted to learn a lot yeah, more about that. Yeah, so I want to go on like a whole fucking thing about that. Yeah, that's like, cool. That's so cool. So I'm going to do a faggot fact about that in like the, you know, semi near future so now we're going to end my faggot fact with talking about some girl named annie edson taylor Ooh. have you ever heard of her tell me about annie okay edson so taylor. annie edson taylor was born october 24th in 1838 in auburn new york she was one of eight children and sadly or like her father was a flour mill owner and sadly died when she was 12 mm. and okay. then she went to the, the candy store bought a half pound box of chocolate oh my god no <laughs> this is not disappeared <laughs> So she went to high school and a school to become a school teacher. And while she was in school to become a school teacher, she met a guy named David Taylor and they fell in love. Mm-hmm. Um, but sadly thereafter, they had a son and the son died when he was still an infant. And then right after that, David died. Aww. I know. Isn't that so sad? Fucking so kill me. She just continued on being a school teacher. How? I and just then as myself. she started to get a little older, she was like, oh, my God, how am I going to financially like, you know, cover myself in the future when i get old and so she devised this plan this publicity stunt 
to be the first person to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> yes. I now know what you're talking about. You know about. this story? Yeah. Okay. I had no idea this was a thing at all. Keep, like, keep on no going. Idea. Okay. Uh, so. This is a fun. This is fun. Taylor used a custom-made barrel from her trip constructed of oak and iron and padded with a mattress. So several, del- several delays occurred in the launching of the barrel because nobody wanted to be the one to push her off the edge We're because like, they <laughs> would be like, oh, well, I'm a fucking, I just assisted the suicide or killed her or whatever. Yeah. So two days before Taylor's own attempt, they did use a cat, which was sent over uh, Horseshoe Falls in a barrel to test the strength of the barrel, if it would break or if it wouldn't. The cat survived or survived the, like the plunge over the falls, and it took 17 minutes for them to get the barrel back. And when they found the cat inside the barrel, it was bleeding from its head. Sorry. But um, it, she was still alive. And it was also a girl. So fuck yeah. So yay. you refer to the cat. So yeah, question mark. Yay. <laughs> if someone did that to my cats, I'll slit your throat right now. I'll just tell you that. I'll fucking kill you. So yeah, the cat was bleeding from its head, but it was taken care of afterwards, but still animal cruelty. And it lived a long, healthy life. Though. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, then on October 24th of 1901, on her 63rd, her 63rd birthday, Jeez. the barrel was put over the side of a rowboat and Taylor climbed in along with her lucky heart-shaped pillow. After screwing down the lid, Friends used a bicycle tire pump to compress the air in the barrel. The hole used for this was plugged with a cork, and then Taylor was sent adrift near the um, the American shore, so not the Canadian shore, of Goat Island. Okay, So people watched from the shore um, and from boats as Taylor's barrel went over the falls and disappeared before finally being discovered 20 minutes later downstream. She's like, bye. She's like, bye, bitch. <laughs> Taylor was discovered to be alive and relatively uninjured, except for a small gash on her head. Oh. Just like the cat. I wonder what the is The cat's it? like on the sidelines, like right? flipping her off. <laughs> so after the, after the journey, Taylor told the press, if it was with my dying breath, I would caution anyone against attempting the feat. I would sooner walk up the mouth of a cannon knowing it was going to blow me to pieces than make another trip over the fall. Oh, my God. (laughs) I love that. So basically, she never got like a crazy amount of wealth from this publicity stunt. She's like, God Um, fucking damn it. Yeah, she she got she wrote a memoir um, about it and got some money off that. But at the same time, somebody like took her. um, And so she got some money from that. But then somebody stole the barrel. And took Aww. it away, and then she hired detectives to find the barrel and spent most of the money she made off of the memoir to get the barrel back. Aww. Isn't that really sad? Yeah. Um, so the rest of her years, she spent years posting uh, like for photographs with tourists, and she made money off of that and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, she eventually died, um, and she died on April 29th of 1921 at age 82 so 20 years after she lived she a good long healthy life yeah so she lived a good long life i don't it doesn't say what she died of a barrel um they did also say that she also worked as a clairvoyant and then did uh magnetic therapeutic treatments on local residents Goals. yeah isn't that cool this so, yeah. bitch might be me and my pet well so i would never do that to a cat so yeah so that's <laughs> just more like a fun that's just like a fun fact about a fun badass girl yeah she's fucking yeah. cool yeah, so just a fun little... Wish she made more money, though. Uh, faggot fact. Yeah, I wish she made more money. But that's badass to be like, yeah, you just like... I've never seen Niagara Falls in real life, but I've seen pictures. And yeah. just like, if somebody was like, hey, I'll give you $100,000 if you get in a barrel and go over that. I'm like, one claustrophobia. Yeah. So no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like 100% no. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, can you just shoot me <laughs> in the arm yeah. for $100,000? Like, <laughs> I'd be like, or here's a better idea. 
no, <laughs> you do it and you keep your $100,000. Yeah, right? Like, oh my God. Like, fuckity fuck Like, I that. just look inside the barrel and I'm like, no. There's like a weird mattress inside of it. You're like, there's no way. There's like, they're like, don't worry. We have a cork to seal. <laughs> and you can have a pillow. You I'm can... like, no. Or you can just like, you know, put me out with fucking chloroform. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. That's true. If you knock me the fuck out, then I don't know what's going on, I guess. So like, then, Jesus sure. Because then if I died, at least I'm already knocked out. Yeah, my God. I take like... 50 billion uh, Xanax. Yeah, right. I just OD. I kill <laughs> myself. Xanax, yeah. Okay, so yeah, just go her. Um, Next week, it'll be more informative because I'm going to talk about um Rose Cleveland, who is the first lesbian first lady. Yes, daddy. Yeah, so there's more lesbian first lady. Lots of lesbians. Yeah. Lesbians I'm, I'm a lesbian over. first lady. Lesbos all over. Well, let's go through my spooky scoop then. Okay, let's do it. So I, okay, so as you guys know, I am talking about cults this month. And if you don't, if you did not know that, well, now you know. The whole entire <laughs> month of March is cult month for me because yeah, cults are fun. Month of cults. And I love researching cults because they're really hard to research. <laughs> and so it, it's kind of challenging. It's a good time. Yeah, they, they get very convoluted. So all of my spooky scoops for this next month will also have to be, they're, they're all going to be about cults just to keep this like ongoing theme. So today, my spooky scoop is about like the like the definition of a cult. And we're going to go through some of the subcategories of cults. Ooh. Okay, so does Mormonism fall under this? I guess Mormonism could go under polygamous cults, yes. <laughs> or like racist cults, yes. <laughs> or political cults. I mean, not yet. It could go but... <laughs> under like a lot of different categories. So, what is a cult in modern English? A cult is a social group that is defined by its unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs, mm. or by its common interest in a particular particular personality, object, or goal. Now, there are different categories of cults that we're going to go through over like the next few episodes and all that fun stuff. Um, those categories are destructive cults, doomsday cults, Whoa. political cults, polygamous cults, racist cults, and terrorist cults. Um, and today we're going to talk about um, destructive and doomsday cults because they're both kind of short. Yeah, I would say like Mormonism covers like Half of that. Somewhat doomsday cult. Somewhat doomsday, but yeah. But definite, definitely racist and polygamous cult. Yeah, def- and, and political in a way. Cause like they- well, and, oh yeah, and political because like Joseph Smith ran for president and yeah. shit like that. And they had like a, and then like. The, the Prop 8 whole thing. So yeah. Like, yeah, that oh, well, yeah oh my God. And then they like also were just like, what would the, what would fall under? Because they had the blood oath. Because it was like the people who killed, like in Missouri, it was legal to kill a Mormon even until like the 90s. They just saw the law and they're like, oh, fuck, we need to get rid of this. <laughs> it was literally legal to kill a Mormon. Until in the Missouri, 90s? In, in a county in Missouri. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's exactly the 90s. That's it's a good 70s or the scoop. 90s. Oh, please, God, let me remember this for the future. But no, yeah, when they were living, when they moved to Missouri and they were like super, you know, before they moved to Iowa. What is it? Nauvoo. Utah? Oh. Before they moved to Nauvoo, Illinois. Not Iowa. Sorry. Um, before they moved to Nauvoo, they were in Missouri and the governor, uh, mandated it was okay. Like it was legal to kill a Mormon. So he's like, get these culty motherfuckers. Yeah, so in that, that, that lasted, that law lasted for a while. That's crazy. So though, the people who killed those people and the people who killed Joseph Smith, you used to, when you did the endowment mm. and did, sorry, I'm like interrupting. No, I'm, I'm like, drunk, this is, though. this is really interesting. <laughs> um, when they, when you used to do the endowments and do your endowments in the temple, you would take a blood oath. And it would literally be like you will avenge the death of Joseph Smith and the early saints. What the or it fuck? It might have just been avenge the death of Joseph Smith, and so you could kill the descendants of the people that killed Joseph Smith. I'm not joking, Chano. <laughs> we were in this cult. 
Oh, Liza Feather. <laughs> Christ, take the words out of my mouth. Take the words out of my mouth. What is wanted? What is handshakes. Wanted? Here's my Freemason handshakes. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And like in the 19, it was like until the 1920s, they like had that blood oath. Man, what a good loophole that would be, though. If you're like an angsty teen and like in Missouri and you didn't want to be Mormon and you're like live in this county, you're like, fuck, you're I like, can I'm just kill, kill my kill parents. A Mormon. You're like, yeah. I'm going to just kill my parents. And that's sad. Anymore. That's horrible. Like, that's crazy sad and horrible for them. They just wanted to follow their religious beliefs. But yeah. Like, damn. Yeah, that's crazy. Fuck. Yeah. Cult. So we're going to talk about um, destructive and doomsday cults. So a destructive cult, so this generally, and you're going to recognize, like, I'm going to talk about these cults, and you're going to be like, ding, 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 like, hear the bells, like, thinking about famous cults. Yeah. Specifically with destructive cult, because whenever you think of a cult, this is kind of what you think of. Oh, yeah. Because you think of Jonestown, Jim Jones. Good. the One of the best episodes Episode I've ever six? done. Episode nine, I think. Nine? Okay. Yeah. So a destructive cult generally refers to groups who mem- whose members have physically injured or killed other members of their own group. Shit. So psychological. Well, oh man, I'm I'm drunk. Duck. Duck. <laughs> <laughs> have we ever have we ever talked about whenever we say? Do you still say drunk or is that just me? I still say drunk. Or, do you know where that comes from? I don't, that YouTube video? I don't remember at this point. Oh We've my been God, okay. for years. That's another tangent. At the end of this at the end of this episode, I will tell y'all the link to search on YouTube to go to that. Well you though, it. you're gonna forget. Just I tell will us so now. Forget. Okay. Just tell us now. <laughs> okay. Um I actually don't know how to get to it. I so would bet you uh okay I literally a barrel roll, a barrel push over Niagara Falls that I would forget too. Yeah, that you'd forget. Oh, I would I am on I'm on your side of the bet. <laughs> What? I actually like Jack. literally can't find it. So what? let's just continue on with our lives because I, I don't know. Like unless I saved it in one of my playlists on YouTube, like I don't know. Psychologist Michael Langan or Langon, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, he is the executive director of the International Cultic Studies Association. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jenna. I'm what trolling is it? on you basically right now. What is it? Okay, so if you go onto YouTube and you type in two girls. And you type in YOLO by Michael Cusack. If you type in YOLO, Michael Cusack, the thumbprint is of, it's like a crudely artistic cartoon drawing of a woman with a phone up to her head. And the background is purple. And it says YOLO. If you just watch that, like one, you will be disturbed. But two, you will know when now. we go, Jack. I remember this. <laughs> yep. It just came back to me. Yep. Okay, I'm done. I'm done interrupting. So this dude, psychologist Michael Langan, which again, I don't like we're getting stuck on his name. I know. <laughs> Unknown what his name is, but this bro Michael, he is the executive director of the International Cultic Studies Association. That's oh, can I have that job? Yeah, I, I read that title and I was like, that's Corey's dream job. probably. <laughs> uh, he defines a destructive cult as in quotes, a highly manipulative group which exploits and sometimes physically and or psychologically damages members and recruits. So it's basically saying the same thing. Destructive cults are people in the groups hurting other people in that same group. Yeah. Now, these cults are usually founded by charismatic leaders who manipulate their followers into doing whatever they want them to do. Now, think of Jim Jones. Like, Jim Jones from the Jonestown People's Temple. Like, this is the perfect example um, so the leader, you know, they manipulate like crazy and the manipulation take to- takes time. It's not like you meet this leader once and you're in forever. Like they really work on you and they wear you down yeah. psychologically. Um, 
but it works. You know, it, it might start with, hey, donate money when you can. Donate 10% of every paycheck to the church. And then that escalates to, hey, quit your job. Say goodbye to your family and friends. Move with me to this remote location. Let's make a better world for ourselves. Uh, people, you know, they can be manipulated to the point where they no longer believe that they have a choice in anything. And that's usually what happens is the longer they are in that situation, the less of a choice they un- they realize that they even have. They don't even know anything's going on because it's like a psychological jail that they're in. Um, you know, whatever their leader says is what they believe and think. Um, the leader makes their followers completely dependent on them. He or he or they, she. Let me re-say that. On them. <laughs> I'm oh. so drunk. I'm so drunk. It's like hitting me. Every word I say, I can like feel Guys, the alcohol hitting me harder drunk. and harder. Ignore our pronouns. <laughs> the leader makes their followers dependent on them, cuts them off from the world. Like I said, just builds an entire psychological jail. Damn. Um, the followers are abused for years. And finally, at the end, they either meet death by getting murdered by another follower, or maybe a mass suicide like Jonestown or maybe if they're lucky, they'll escape. But chances of them escaping, like, it can be pretty rare sometimes. Yeah. Um, like I've been mentioning, the most famous destructive cult is Jonestown, aka the People's Temple. And that is like when you think cult, the very you'll probably think of Manson first. Yeah. Like, and then right after that, you'll think of Jonestown. Like those are the two cults that you think of whenever you hear the word cults. Next is Doomsday Cults. A doomsday cult is an expression which is used to describe groups that believe in the end of times, a.k.a. like an apocalypse. Um, the cult prepares for the end of the world in a variety of ways. You know, it kind of depends on the cult, from tinfoil hats to mass suicide. Like, depending on the cult, depending who you're looking at, they're de- they are prepping for the end of the world in some way. Um, social scientists have found that while some group members will leave after the date for the doomsday prediction by the leader has passed uneventfully, um, others actually feel their belief and commitment to the group is strengthened from it. Often when a group's doomsday prophecies or predictions fail to come, the group leader will simply either set a new date for the impending doom yep. or predict a different type of catastrophe on a different date. Um, explanations may include stating that you know maybe group members had misinterpreted the leader's original plan. He's like, no, I didn't say 2012 was going to be the end of the times. I said, you know... Oh, no, yeah. Something, something. Like, I've listened to last podcast on the left talk about a few cults where they just do this. And most cults will, like, even lead to this where it's like, oh, hey, like, just got a new revelation. We're all going to die in, like, a year and a half. And then when it doesn't happen, it's like, y'all weren't faithful enough, so this didn't happen. So now it's going to be three more years from yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, like, the flip of that is they can say, oh, we were so faithful that we actually prevented we the prevented disaster it. from happening. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they use all these different tactics to just make people believe that either because you're so strong and, like, devout, this death that's like impending doom on earth like didn't happen or like it's going to happen at a later date but either way like it, it traps people in forever because either they feel like oh i gave so much faith like i have so much faith that i prevented the world from being destroyed like i have to continue having faith or the world to be destroyed yeah. or like the other side is like i have to continue having faith in order to be okay when the apocalypse happens Jeez. so anyways those are the doomsday cults some of the famous ones Probably the most famous one is Heaven's Gate, which I'm sure yeah. you've all heard of at least before. And they're gonna, I'm gonna do Heaven's Gate in a few episodes. I'm just trying to get yeah. to see if I can get an interview done. We'll see. It's it's like a process. And the next one that you probably have heard of is Order of the Solar Temple, which I also want to go through. I have a lot of. That's cults. the Joaquin Phoenix one. I don't, I think that might be the Joaquin Phoenix one. 
I have like a long list of cults that I want to go yeah. through oh, for, yeah. this, for this. Duh. I like I could do this could be like like a six month thing for me like doing cults like there's so many. What cult was Joaquin Phoenix in? I think this was a different one. What cult was Joaquin Phoenix in? The, the children, children of God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's on. That's on like my 100% to do Damn, list. Yeah. All of these are. Um, I just might not go through them this particular cult month. I might go through them in the future. But Heaven's Gate is my goal to get done this month. And Manson, of course. Duh. Like, that's yeah. the big one. But anyway, so next week Ugh. we're going to go through a few other subcategories of cults. And then um, after I'm done with the categories, we're going to go through like the anti-cult movement, um, Christianity, and how they feel towards cults, all that good stuff. Mm, it's going to be a good time. Cults. They love cults. Spoiler alert, they Spoiler don't. <laughs> and they especially hate when you call them a Twist, cult, even don't. when they really are a cult. And basically, Christianity started out as extremely cultish. And like, I took a, I took a class on it. Like, the shit they did is like batshit, like orgies with blood, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. And like, just a uh, doomsday, like, every christianity ever like believes in you know the second coming or whatever yeah it's doomsday yeah. and that's like the and that's why apocalypse. they're like oh it's cool if we like fuck our planet up and just like rape and pillage it for resources yeah so if i can think about it like every like religion that talks about like a doomsday is a doomsday cult if you think about it <laughs> okay sorry we're drunk that's my spooky scoop <laughs> done oh man that- and we have long segments today oh my god Am I- <laughs> Y'all, just buckle up, Buckle the fuck up. We are 29 minutes in. Hey, then we're on track. We're on That's track where we're so far. That's where we're supposed to be. That's where we're supposed to be. We're, we're here, everybody. I'm, I'm, we're here. I'm we're snapping. fucking queer. I want to drink more. It. We're drunk. We're queer. I only have this much champagne left, and I want more. I don't because we have to do – I still have to do things today. But this is going to be like another three I'm a butt hours. chug water, like, in five – like, we're going to take a break, and I'm a butt chug water. Boom. <laughs> Boring. Boring. Okay, let's get to my supernatural segment. Okay. Yes. So, mine is titled "The Dark Vortex of Dudley Town." Oh, same. That's actually what I call my pussy. Your pussy. Is the dark, the dark vortex, vortex of Dudley Town. Of Dudley Town. <laughs> yeah, Dudley, like the kid from Harry Potter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. This is like Dudley's offspring created this town. Or do you think Dudley's butthole is called the, the dark, dark vortex. vortex of Dudley's town? Possibly. That makes sense. Maybe Harry Potter hexed his asshole. <gasps> oh, my God. Ooh. Harry hexed his asshole, and now it's a vortex of doom. That is a porn. Yeah. That is a fucking porn <laughs> hub title if I ever heard one. Like in the playground scene, he just, like, <laughs> fucking shoves his wand up Dudley's ass. He's like, are you feeling that, Dudley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like the... The like, Ron, stop it. Ron, stop it, stop. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, moving on. Oh my God. Oh my God, we're so gone, guys. <laughs> I'm so much drunker than I should be. We had like a shot of, we had a shot of tequila and half like a bottle each champagne. half a bottle of champagne. And you drank the alcohol. And then I drank so this good. thing. So I'm basically at the same level because I weigh like 200 pounds. Yeah, same, same, but different. Yeah. Okay, so. Let's talk about this goddamn vortex of Dudley Town. Yeah. Dudley Town, before we get to the actual Dudley Town and the existence of it, we need the to butthole. go back in Herstory. Oh. Okay? So we're going back in Herstory, and we're going to the curse of the Dudley clan and where that comes and how that transitions into the curse of Dudley Town. Yeah, this is 100% Harry Potter. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is you just like start reading from the first book in Harry Potter. I'm like, Chapter one, the I'm, boy who lived. I'm like, Corey, you did not research at all. You're reading Harry Potter. We're getting sued. I just read y'all Harry Potter. Oh my god. <laughs> Would y'all care? No. <laughs> Would J.K. Rowling care? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. But it's okay, J.K. Rowling. You're gay. So no, you can she do isn't. It. She actually she's bad right now. She's in the doghouse. Remember? Why? Because she said some. She like supported some like really anti-trans um, quotes that somebody said on Twitter by J.K. Rowling. Yeah, so we don't know where she stands. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't control the Twitterverse, and I just fuck off Twitter. Like Twitter can fuck off anyway. And so can J.K. Rowling. No. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> The curse of the ill-fated Dudley clan began back in England, where Edmund... Y'all. This is... Like, okay, everyone pause. <laughs> Put on your history pasties, because we're, like, focus. What do your history pasties look like? My history... Okay, pause. This is important. Everyone imagine what your history pasties look like, because this, this says a lot about yourself. Okay. Mine is, like, an Andy Warhol like depiction of Miss Shively, my world history teacher. Ooh. And it's like that. But then like around that, there's like ed- the edging of it is like the Grecian zigzag because I love Greek mythology. Ooh. And then it, there's just like a sprinkle of salt on it because one of my favorite history books is the, the book called titled Salt and how salt has affected world history. Ooh. Done. <laughs> uh, mine's just like a glittery stack of books that has like a tassel <laughs> or two. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that's my history. <laughs> there's like like no emotional Ooh, it's connection. foil too like a pokemon card yeah so when you move around it's like ching, 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 yeah ching. <laughs> there's like no emotional yeah uh backside of it it's just a fucking stack of books that are just sparkly. books with tassels yeah, yeah. books mm-hmm. sparkly oh and nipples. when i jiggle around the salt spills out all over the place sort of like a tassel Ooh. Yeah. so i can have a 3D Ooh, so effect. like whenever you need to add salt at like the dinner table you can just get up oh yeah like, i just jiggle it i'm just like you like go to like a fucking five-star restaurant you're like I'm like, I want some somebody across the room is like, I want some salt. Like, and I'm like, no, I got this. <laughs> and I just glide. Or whenever we take tequila shots, you're like, oh, lick my nipples. <laughs> yeah, lick my nipples. Lick my pasties, not my nipples. Okay, so those are my history my history pasties. So what do yours look like? Pasties. Message us about it. Let's go back to 16th century England, so the 1500s. Pre-Harry I always do Potter. that because I think y'all are stupid. I don't think y'all are stupid. Yeah, pre-Harry Potter. Pre-Harry Potter, Okay. So Edmund Dudley Dudley was an English administrator and financial agent of King Henry VII. Mm. Okay. He served as Speaker of the House of Commons and President of the King's Council. So after King Henry VII died in 1509, um, he was, you know, succeeded by King Henry VIII. He's the one who, like, super fat, super sexual, Mm. is considered to be bisexual because he just had sex with men and women all the time. And then he was also the one who chopped off everyone's head. Okay, yeah. I was so like, divorce, suicide, got a, or beheaded, got away, or something like that. You're like, there's a little rhyme or something. You can talk about it. When Henry VII died on April of 1509, um, on the 21st, on the 24th, he was arrested and taken to the Tower of London. So he and another guy um, by the name of Epson were accused of plotting to basically, like, hold money or fuck up the money of of britain okay. and they were beheaded okay. okay they were just like okay cool we're taking you here the english like state or whatever you want to call it monarchy is like super in debt or almost in debt and so we're just going to use y'all as scapegoats and mm-hmm. behead you and say it was your fault and this even was though dudley. it was just the spending of the king and what? this was dudley they beheaded yes yeah, so this is dudley uh-huh 
the OG Dudley. So from this this day forth, when he was um, killed mm-hmm. or beheaded, sorry, when he yeah. was executed and beheaded, it is said that his progeny was cursed with death and darkness for so the like, rest of their days thanks, because he betrayed the crown. Okay, so let's get into his fucking progeny. Okay, yeah. So pasties, rub your pasties for a second and focus. Yeah, okay? my tassels are shaking. So his son John Dudley, the first Duke of Northern Burnland. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay. He was an English general, admiral, and politician who led the government of the young King Edward the Fourth. So, to focus, after Henry the Eighth, he dies because he's you know, like you know not healthy at all. Because here we are. And so his grand, um, I think his grandson, um, or one of his grandsons, um, uh, is uh, is um, sorry, King Edward the 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 sixth. Sorry, is King Edward the sixth. Okay. And so this guy, John Dudley, is basically a general and admiral that is, like, you know, under him and close to him. Okay? Okay. This guy, John Dudley, is working with King Henry VIII because his his dad died. Yeah. Um, recently. And he's, like, working with King Henry VIII. And they're like, okay, hey, I'm going to die. But, like, I – so, like – you know, hey, it's going to go to King Edward VI. Then he's like, okay, cool, I'm king now. But King Edward VI was young. He was very young. And he actually went uh, crazy. Not like crazy, but he got sick and died at the age of 15. Whoa. Yeah. So this guy, John Dudley, which is now the son, is like, okay, hey, cool. Like, I'm your basically advisor. That's like a super big, big, like, some, you know, like, summary of what this guy really is. He's the hand of the And he's like, okay, cool. So I'm going to go with you. And, like, you're going to, you you know, you're getting sick and you're going to die. And based off of, like, you know, ancestry and whatever, it should go to Mary or Elizabeth or whatever. You know, the, like, the next in line should be Mary, King, King, Queen of the Scots or whatever. Yeah. Or um, uh, Elizabeth, okay, with, with the Irish. So John Dudley, as I said, was basically the advisor to super sum it up. Um, an advisor or in the advising court of King Edward the sixth. Okay. So he's like a young teen. He sort of gets really sick. And so when they're doing this, they're like, okay, cool. So like, it's going to go to queen Mary of the, like queen Mary, who is known as bloody Mary. Um, she's married the first, um, and, or it should go to somebody else. I think it's queen Elizabeth as well. Who's Irish. I, I don't know if that's correct. So like, please don't quote me on that. So basically it's going to do that and they're like, okay, well let's devise a plan instead and keep it in our families in our families who are Protestant and not Catholic. Because as we did with the Pendleton witches, Mm. we talked how this is the great, I forget what the official title is, but it's basically like a reformation of English, the English people or the people under the English crown denouncing Catholicism and moving to Protestantism, I believe to Mm. be Protestant. And so this is the whole big problem where like, these English dudes or like, you know, like Henry the seventh and eighth. I think Henry the eighth was the one who started it or maybe the seventh. I forget who gives a shit. Um, go listen to that episode. Go listen to that episode. Um, and then, uh, Edward the sixth. And then, um, they're like, no, we're being Protestant. Fuck the Catholics. But still like Queen Mary is like, no, we need to be fucking Catholic. It, whatever. She starts a whole thing, which is a super big blood bath that happens in the UK. What we know now as the UK. So mm-hmm. we don't need to get into that because this is a supernatural podcast, but mm-hmm. also history sort of fun. It's also like our history paces are on. And, yeah, our history pages are on and yours are too. And if they're not, fucking leave. Yeah, then like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye. We need your ghost and history <laughs> yeah. pasties on. Like your ghost panties and your history pasties. And your history pasties. S'mores. And that's all we want because it's pride every day. So just walk around in your panties and your pasties. S'mores.
Okay, so um, what happens is they're like, okay, you're going to die at 15. So let's try and keep this in our family and keep this Protestant. So we're going to give it to this girl named Lady Jane Grey, who just happens to be John Dudley, the guy we're talking about, the advisor dude. Yeah. Her or his daughter-in-law. He's married to one of her sons. So historians are like, ooh, who came up with this idea first? Did John Dudley just want this in his, you know, yeah, it, you know, his blood to become like king, you know, to become royalty or whatever, stuff like that? Nobody really knows. So they try to do this, but the advisors are the privacy, I believe, of of England was like, no, we support Mary, so fuck you. So he's beheaded. Done. <laughs> he's also beheaded. Holy shit. Literally. They literally like do That's a campaign such... and like go to Scotland or whatever. And like on their way there, they're like, oh, fu- the privacy, I think they're called the privacy of England is like, no, we support Queen Mary. And they're like, no. And they're like, he's like, oh, fuck. So they're taken back to the tower of London, that whole like complex, and he's killed and beheaded just like his father. Okay, that is like such an overreaction for like a suggestion. He's oh my like, god, everyone's beheaded. He's like, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> like he like puts it was more like a s- political conspiracy because they're like hey it should traditionally go to queen mary yeah but like they're like no we have this other idea and they're like mm-mm. they're like mm-mm. no he like puts his suggestion in the suggestion box and like his fucking gets beheaded like Someone's right like no yeah <laughs> sorry the suggestion box isn't really a suggestion box <laughs> okay so now we're gonna go and talk about two different two different sons of this dude who are also Dudleys. Also be beheaded. So the first son that we're going to talk about is his actual third son, which is called Robert, who's called Robert Dudley, who is the first Earl of Leicester. Okay. So he basically is like, at the beginning of his life is like, fuck, I used to be super high, but because my, my two, my father and my grandfather were killed and beheaded because they're basically considered quote unquote traitors now. Mm. Like I'm fucked up. He basically makes this like, I don't know. He does some shit and becomes really important in and when Queen Elizabeth is like ruling over you know Ireland and then England or something like that. I don't know exactly. Y'all didn't need to go into this so like she is a queen of England eventually, but she is a queen of Ireland before. Mm, bitch. I don't know. So anyways, he like becomes one of her advisors or like in her court or whatever you want to say and basically Queen Elizabeth is like infatuated with him Ooh. and he likes her as well, but for some political reasons they can't be together. So over, he has a first wife who at the age of 18 falls down the stairs and dies. So yeah, it okay. literally says in a certain chamber, it, it is, this is quoted, in a certain chamber, she had fallen down the adjoining stairs, sustaining two head injuries and breaking her neck. Her name's Amy. So Amy Dudley was found at the bottom of a short flight of stairs with a broken neck. Her headdress was still standing undisturbed upon her head. So people are like, she was killed, bitch. She was killed. Like she, was she killed is as not. Shit. Yeah, and so like historians argue whether or not she was actually really killed or she really did fall. Blah 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 no, blah. She blah. was murdered. She was fucking like one hundred percent. She's my next fucking spooky scoop. Oh is yeah. Her so like she was fucking murdered because like Queen Elizabeth wanted him to marry her and you know vice versa. So there's yeah. sort of just like this whole like push and pull of like I like you but you like me but there's like this lot of political pressure to not be you know to not be together etc. Romeo and Juliet. Exactly sort of shit like that. This guy Robert Dudley who is now the third in line that we're talking about has a son who's named Robert uh whatever. Junior. He's the second Earl of of Essex okay so he was also favored by Elizabeth because basically the dude that we were talking about before Robert um 
or who is Robert Sr., I guess you could say, just in this, like, instance. Yeah. Robert Sr. eventually married another person later in life, and, like, Queen Mary was like, fuck this bitch. And, like, Queen in, in modern... Elizabeth, thank you. In modern translation was like, fuck you, whore. Fuck this bitch. Fuck y'all. Because she was just so mad that he eventually married some other person and didn't end up marrying her. It happens. Um, it happens, yeah. So she, like, denounced them from the, like political courts and they were like sent off she's like fuck you fucking bitch <laughs> i'm gonna take your wealth i'm gonna take your home yeah I'm gonna hide your kid you. hide your wife because i'm gonna come over here and rape y'all all. <laughs> yeah she's like fuck y'all <laughs> so basically jealous ex-girlfriend I yeah love it. no seriously she was like mad as fuck but somehow his son who is also named robert so we'll just call robert jr right now he's the second earl of exits he eventually became favored by elizabeth as well even though she had bad blood versus, you know, for for Robert Sr. and the wife. Um, he was placed under house arrest following a poor campaign in Ireland during the Nine Years' War in 1599. <laughs> cool. Um, so in 1601, he led a coup against the government and then was also executed for treason. So now he's like... Bye. So now he's the fourth one, ex- or the third one executed for treason. Robert Sr. is actually the only one who, like died and just died now we're gonna go back to before the roberts and he is another one of this is another son of of the um, second dude tier two dude tier 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 two dude which is john dudley yeah okay so he's a brother of robert senior okay so or half brother or whatever okay so um that family they spent christmas together yeah, so this guy is 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 the guy who was married to Lady Jane Grey, who, okay. who they tried to make queen, queen, yeah, and yeah. king. Okay, and then, like because of that suggestion slash political conspiracy, uh, he was beheaded. The older guy, the dad. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, basically, quick with it's semi quick with him. He was also beheaded <laughs> along with Lady Jane Grey, along with um. Uh, Poor she's just name? like kicking it. She's lo- like, what the fuck? <laughs> she was like, I was having fun and then you tried to make me queen and now I'm dead. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, like literally. She's like, I just wanted to like be like rich. Yeah. So he was, he, she, or she and he were executed along with John Dudley and bye, uh, bye, bye. in uh, the same place as the other father, Edmund, the OG dude, Edmund Dudley were uh, uh, executed with. Okay. Yeah. So I know this is ridiculous. If you want to fast forward, you just can, but I think this is fun. This is fun. And this I is might fun not life. edit it, it, it out. Yeah. Okay. So keep going a little bit more um, to also make matters worse for the Dudley and the Dudley curse. Uh, Guilford's bro- brother, which is the brother of this guy, which is another one of the 13 siblings of our 13 children of um john dudley who is the second guy in command so second we have edmund chair. dudley who's the og and, and then, then john, john dudley okay wait well let me see if i got this yeah because if i got this that means for sure our listeners got it yeah because we drunk okay so edmund was the first guy mm-hmm. then we have second tier which is like john or whatever yeah that guy has 13 kids yes and one of those kids is um robert and the other one is yeah, the guy Senior, you just talked Robert about. Jr. Just, yeah, Robert. So, yeah. So, it goes like John and then like off branch Robert, the Robert Jr. Yes. And then we're done with that. We're done with that. So, then you went to the other one, which is uh, um, he got beheaded with his wife, Lady Jane. Yeah. And that's Lord Guilford Dudley, who I did not say his name yet. Oh, okay. So, that's the wife of Lady Jane, Lord Guilford Dudley. Okay. So, then Guilford and, and Lady Jane were also beheaded. Okay. Yeah. So, then another brother of Lord Guilford and John Senior, or Robert Senior. Yeah. Is a brother who returned from France, or uh, 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 is a brother 
who returned from France being in, like a military officer and he brought home a plague that spread <gasps> and killed his officers and troops and like destroyed an entire like military campaign. He brought home the coronavirus. How rude. <laughs> That's he like crazy. went and had sex and was like STD and then just like had sex with all these dudes. I'm just joking. That's totally made up. <laughs> That's what I hope happened. That is insane that he, like, accidentally killed an entire troop of soldiers. So this sickness wiped out massive numbers of British soldiers soldiers, and eventually spread throughout the country, killing thousands. He's like, whoops. (laughs) Sorry, guys. He's like, that pussy bomb, though. Yeah, he's like, but that fucking pussy was bomb. Right. Okay. Then the cousin, like, this is difficult touch your pasties yeah they're then. they're like clenched <laughs> they are clenching hard to my tits right now yeah like, my nipples are hard they're like <laughs> they're fucking then there. the cousin okay of the father of lady jane gray okay so this is unrelated to the og family yeah kind no of. this is so this is lady still... jane was the sister was the daughter-in-law of the it, it, you guy. would think but because this is england and this is royalty it's still all mixed up i'm getting to it oh. so the cousin oh. of the father of lady jane gray who is also the second cousin of john dudley oh. the second guy who okay. has the 13 children yeah so this is the second cousin of the guy who has 13 children oh man it's cousins fucking cousins yeah, yo. Second cousins. Second cousins, fucking second cousins. Fucking second cousins. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Same fucking thing. Cousins fucking... Like, family reunions are still Ako taco. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this guy, his name is Henry Dudley. He is a conspirator. Um, and he also basically... Um, he he re- he died because he got pardoned by Elizabeth, uh, Queen Elizabeth, yeah. um, who was in love with the dude. With with Robert. Yeah, which with is Robert Jane's Sr. brother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Which is his like. Sorry, cousin, this is fun. Is this fun? I'm having. Fun. I'm having. This should be a soap opera. Everyone, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, The Crown is on Netflix. Go watch it. It's basically this, but like in 20th century. <laughs> this is fun. I'm okay. Good time. So tell his, Carl to write this. Right. You so should write this. I should write this. So Henry Henry Dudley is this dude. He's the second cousin of John Dudley, the father of the 13 sons, or not sons, siblings, because there are some some sisters. Okay, so Henry Dudley, he was known as Henry Dudley the Conspirator. He conspired against uh, Elizabeth and or Elizabeth, and then because of also like somehow he sent some people to do a coup as well. And all of those people and Ro- Henry Dudley was supposed to be with them, but he wasn't because he got caught up doing something else. They all got beheaded. Or they got hung, and then after they were hung, they were beheaded and buried separately from their heads. Why? That's I don't know. Like, just to be like cruel. That's like barbaric. Yeah. <laughs> he was then in exile in France for a bit, and then Queen Elizabeth was like, "You're chill for some reason," and then he came back. His so that's that's something to do with Henry Dudley. Then his son Roger Dudley was a captain in Robert Dudley, the first ale of like uh Leicester so I believe that is Robert Sr. That is Robert Sr. So he was a captain in Roger basically Robert Dudley Sr.'s army. Okay? Man, it is th- assumed that in through documents he died in the siege of Zutphen, which in fifteen eighty six, which is in the Netherlands. Man, okay. Did they only have like ten names to choose from? They're like <laughs> William Robert, Robert uh, Edward, Edward uh David yeah. Um, George, Henry. Yeah. There we go. There we go. We and then it. like Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth, Mary, Mary, Jane, Jane. <laughs> period. <laughs> so this Roger guy, Robert. who is the oh. son of the second cousin of John Dudley, which is the guy who is the son of the OG 
Edmund Dudley. Okay. Okay. Oh. He has a wife named Susanna Thorne Dudley, and they have five children. Of these five children, one of them is named William Dudley. Again. Okay. <laughs> so, and one of them is also named Todd, Thomas Dudley. So now forget all what I just said, except for that was fun. So Roger and Susanna Dudley have five children. Two of them are important. What we're going to, we're going to follow from now on. The other three, fuck them. All what of that was matter? just fun. The other three, fuck them. Fuck <laughs> so, y'all. <laughs> William Dudley is the, uh, William Dudley's great ga- grandsons, Albert, Barsil, Gideon, and Avril. Like Avril Lavigne. Nice. He was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. <laughs> We're killed and then replaced by the CIA. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that in theory. 2004. I fucking love that theory so much. And like the Katy Perry's actually the, uh, oh the super famous. Um, what? <laughs> Simone's like, what? <laughs> Is that s'mores? Yeah, it's s'mores. Oh, There's like so many fun conspiracy theories. I love fun conspiracy theories. I'm, I'm going to get into some later. So I hate ones that are like true. Because they're true, but yeah. it's sad. Okay. <laughs> I hate when conspiracy theories are actually just real, like, facts. <laughs> William Dudley's great-grandsons, Albier, Barsal, Gideon, and Avril. Levine. Levine. Just to sum it all up, established Cornwall, Connecticut. They moved to Cornwall, Connecticut, and they moved to the, like, hills next to it. Uh, it this is summing up a lot of history, but they moved there, and in their, like, little section of the town of Cornwall, or, like, the whole you know, thing of Cornwall is named Dudley town. Okay. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So Dudley town is not an actual city. Cornwall is the city, but then the town, uh, like the part where most of the Dudleys moved to over the years, it was literally like 15 years or whatever. D town became known as D town Dudley. Okay. So, um, the name was given at an unknown, unknown date to Cornwall that included these family members. Okay. So, um, then the other one, Thomas Dudley, which is one of the five, you know, two of the five that I told you to know about. Yeah. Thomas Dudley is actually a really renowned dude. He moved to Boston and became a super legendary figure. Like, like there's a literal town square that is known as Dudley square. That's named after him. That's cool. But sadly it's like the first, it's like one of the first places where like slavery auctions happened so, ah, ah. Uh, and they actually tried to change his name because it isn't there isn't any record that dudley ever owned sla- slaves so they were going to try and change it to like you know mark you know erase his name mm. or just like you know uh what's a good word clear his name i guess mm. so that it's not like associated with something They're that's like, so he, horrible he, like, wasn't a bad guy <laughs> exactly yeah because they don't uh, they say he never owned slaves but they tried to do like a modern uh, vote for this, and they, they said no, just keep it Dudley Town or Dudley Square because that's what it's supposed to be in Boston. So there's a uh, there's a square called Dudley to this day Dudley Square still uh-huh. current yeah. mood. So all of what I just said that connects um, Edmund Dudley, who got executed because uh, Edward the Seventh died, and Edward or, or sorry Henry the Seventh died, and Henry the Eighth became the king, the yeah. guy who like executed his wives and beheaded his wives. Yeah, yeah. All of that and the curse that comes with that is super speculated to link to these people. I found this link directly from through the second cousin who links down to these Albier, Barsal, Gideon, and Avril Lavigne um, from just from a wiki. But then there's also accounts that are like, hey, this doesn't connect, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Who cares? But we're continuing on. Okay. Yeah, but that's they, just like a side note. They connect. They connect because... I found it on Wiki. Because we're here. We're telling you it connects. So fucking connects. <laughs> yeah, so fucking believe me. <laughs> the area was settled in the early 1740s by Thomas Griffiths. And then by 1753, Dudleys um, from two or three different lines of the family settled in that part of the town, dubbing it Dudleytown, as I said. 
Records indicate that the land around Dudley Town was once a Native American Mohawk tribe tribal grounds. Um, the nearby mountains all, are also heavily shadowed in the area, and it like um, doesn't have a lot of sunlight. So the woods were later dubbed or re- like re- or give like the name of the Dark Entry Forest. Spooky. So remember that spooky. Okay, we're done with Hershey. You can take off your your fucking pasties, and now you can just like open them up and receive. You know, receive the ghosts that we're about to talk now about. Now we can put on our ghost lingerie. Yeah. What does yours look like, Corey? <laughs> My ghost lingerie? Yeah. Mm. Mine is just... It's an important question. And all of you guys thinking about your ghost lingerie. So right. mine is just like a fun leather harness. And on the leather harness, there's like, you know, insignias of like all the different religions that ward off demons. Ooh. Like etched in silver into the leather harness. And then it all connects down to my asshole where there's one of those like radio, um, what are they called? The voice boxes that are like, fuck you. And there's like one where it like, it like the vibrating, there's two ends to it and the vibrating end is shoved up my ass. And then the end that like has the voices come out is sticking out of my ass. Ooh. So that's what happens. So it vibrates when the voices talk and then it comes, yeah. Which is constantly when we're talking about So I'm just like constantly turned on as I'm walking through haunted houses. So mine is. But also protected. So mine is just like like a sheet (laughs) over my head and body. And just like two holes are cut out for my boobs. And like that's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like Regina Georgia. Yeah, I'm Regina Georgiaing a sheet ghost costume. A sheet ghost costume. I love it. That's mine. (laughs) We should make these costumes. Oh my (laughs) God. We're ghosts. This is our ghost lingerie. It's our ghost lingerie. (laughs) This is an episode six. That's what we where did the conjuring three? <laughs> oh my god we have to plan that <laughs> i know it's gonna come up oh soon god. i'm so excited oh my god okay yeah i'm wet so forget so, all that herstory that you just heard we are now talking about dudley town that was you know basically D-town. cornwall um connecticut and it's just a section of cornwall connecticut okay so these people settle over like 15 years in the 1740s to the 1750s okay and then um, I just gave you some history where this was Mohawk Native American tribal grounds. And also that when the settlers move there, they're like, oh, these forests are always covered in shadow because of how the mountains work. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to call that the Dark Entry Forest. Dudley Town was also weirdly isolated from Cornwall. So mm-hmm. it is said that it was centered in the middle of three large hills or at the top of a big hill. I don't know which one. I saw those two accounts. Who knows? We're moving on. Um, there were never any stores, shops, schools, or churches in Dudley Town. Uh, provisions had to be purchased in nearby towns. And then when one when a person died, they would also have to make the trip to Cornwall, which I believe was like a day trip or like half day trip. Okay. Um, because there was also no no church in that town. So that just attests. There's no shops. Ooh. There's no stores. There's no even, there's no church. Spooky. Yeah. So it's like an isolated community a little bit away from Cornwall in next to these dark entry forests. Yeah. Okay. This place is haunted as fuck. Oh, I'm, like, oh my God. I'm so excited. Yes. <laughs> so like y'all got through it. You ripped your pasties off. Like y- you will be rewarded. Yeah. Our okay? ghost costume, our ghost lingerie is on. So keep in mind the whole legend is, is though that like this place, this Dudley town right off outside of Cornwall is still um, affected by the curse that happened. That was, you know, started with Edmund when he was executed like, fucking more than 200 years yeah, ago. Yeah. Like 200 years ago. Yeah. By Edmund. Yeah, by fucking King George the Eighth. And now we're in fucking Connecticut. Yeah, now we're fucking Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, okay. This is just so fun. It's so fun. Okay. In spite of the isolation of this town, also the fact that 
some of the accounts say that it was built in the middle of three hills, so it was covered by shadow a lot. Even in like noon, they say part of the town was still covered by shadow at like noon, the zenith of the sun. They said that in spite of the this fact and the fact that they still needed farmland, the town grew um, as the iron and lumber industry industry boomed in America. And they found from an 1854 map that the population of Dudley Town peaked with a total of 26 families living there. So that's 1845 it peaked in with 26 families. But let's go back to the mid-1700s, right after these families all move in. Oh, yeah. So let's go to the supernatural show. Yeah, my sheet is on. Oh, yeah. So the supernatural circumstances started with the mysterious a mysterious plague that plague remember remember that one it, dude yeah that accidentally so, killed thousands of people uh-huh. so a mysterious okay. plague that killed the entire carter family which was a family that moved to this town shortly after the dudleys moved in um in 1774 their relatives which is the nathaniel carter family were so traumatized by the deaths of their relatives that they were like we can't do this we need to go back to the city because we just can't handle this anymore so a father and mother with a newborn baby infant and then three other children took all by themselves, went from Connecticut to New York and had oh, to move God. through Native American territory. So on their way back, they were attacked by Native Americans, killing the mom and the dad and the infant baby. This is actually real stuff. Holy I'm, not, shit. I'm not making this part up. Fuck. Um, I haven't really made up most stuff yet, actually. You're like, <laughs> so I made up everything up to this point. I actually I'm really didn't. I got most of this stuff off of Wiki. Like, I mean, this is my own words, but this is like, I got this stuff off Wiki. So they killing the mom and the dad and the infant baby. So you have the three children left. The Native Americans took the remaining three children as captives. Two of them were eventually ransomed off back to um, like, you know, American cities or whatever you want to say. While the remaining, uh, there's a remaining dude, boy, who grew up and married a Native American woman. He uh, he eventually returned to the States and became a justice of the Supreme Court. Whoa. <laughs> so go <Okay>. him. <laughs> That's like a hard right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, I'm going to fucking make lemonade out of these lemons. <laughs> yeah. He's like, out of these rotten ass lemons, I'm going to make some fucking delicious <laughs> some fucking lemonade. lemonade. So I'm going to make some long ass teas. <laughs> So, <clears throat> also in 1804, there was a woman living in the town by the name of Sarah Fry, which was who was struck by lightning on her front porch and killed in- instantly. Okay, that's kind of funny because her name's Sarah Fry. I know, right? Oh my <laughs> god, I knew you would say something. <laughs> this is 100% fact. That's so There's shitty. There's 100% fact that she is on the top of... Um, or she just was killed on her porch by lightning, which was something that happened because they didn't have a way of actually attracting lightning. They didn't think of doing lightning rods at the time um, or yet. Um, so, yeah, that happened to her. By Sarah Fry. The sort of legend goes that some people say don't really don't really say this specifically, but other accounts say specifically that these people are like Sarah Fry and her husband were living on a place called Bald Mountain. So Bald Mountain, if you that rings a bell, it should because in Fantasia, Night on Bald Mountain is the is the orchestra play or is the like uh, piece that is played and it's very dark with Chernabog, the devil, showing up in Fantasia. And it's I'm, like dunum, dunum, You've never seen Fantasia? Yeah, no, we talked about this in another episode. <laughs> yeah, I need the same reaction. So I need a new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about this another. Fuck! Episode. I can't believe you. Have, you have, do you have Disney Plus? Yes. Get high and watch Fantasia. Okay. Can I, I can get do that high tonight. and watch Fantasia? Hmm. Okay. It's beautiful. Maybe I'll do that tonight. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> I also haven't seen um, the Anastasia, which 
Which that's a great pretty we movie. We also talked about in this podcast. Oh, that's how such you were a great shooketh. the animated Anastasia. Yeah. Ooh, that's really good. I have. That, I don't think that's that's. Uh, I think that's DreamWorks. Two. Yeah, it's DreamWorks. But like tomatoes, like. Yeah, tomatoes. Same, 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 but different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, those are like. Oh the my two, god! Like, big you need to see that. The Rasputin is like so good. Maybe that's what I'll do tonight. So I'll get Stone yeah. and watch Fantasia, and then get Anastasia. Stone to watch Fantasia with Jordan. Oh my god, <laughs> I might do that. <laughs> we should do that. Let's do it when you get back from California. Oh my god. Yes, let's do that. I fucking love Fantasia. <laughs> the fucking like hippos, the fucking hippo ballerinas that fight the alligators is queer history. <laughs> like that is queer cinema. You're like that is a fa- that is that is fact. queer cinema. <laughs> <laughs> like that whole fucking thing. Okay, moving on. So Bald Mountain, uh, aside from Fantasia, is also like in 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 British or Irish lore. I forget which kind of lore it is in to be attested, or even oh, it might be uh, Scandinavian lore Oof, w- w- attributed to witches. Uh, is Bald Mountain? Um, I forget where the actual Bald Mountain is. Look it up. I don't need to have time to look it up. Okay. Um. So they lived on what they would call Bald Mountain or Bald Mountain Street. And when they were, it was struck by lightning and it killed her. Um, and then it was in, uh, reported that the husband went insane that same day and was insane for the rest of his life and had to be taken care of. Sad. Yeah, sad. Same. Our next little tidbit or story is about a girl named Mary Cheney, I believe. And she was born in Dudley Town, but she actually got out, out of Dudley Town. And then she um, married a guy named Horace Greeley, who ran for president against Ulysses S. Grant. Oh. And we all know who fucking won because you know Ulysses S. Grant, but you don't know the name of Horace Greeley. Yeah. Okay. Bitch. So legend goes that in 1872, she killed herself a week before <laughs> Horace actually lost the race. Jesus. Yeah. But there's uh, other accounts say that it is, that's a total legend. And that she, in fact, died from a lung, di- uh, like a random lung disease. That also Horace died, and then Horace died a month later out of, like, grief, I would assume. Like, when did that happen? When I see that happen, I'm like, that's grief. Yeah, you know, totally. Like but it's still spooky, even if it doesn't go with that, the fact that she killed herself. Because it does say, accounts are, like, I think two accounts that said that she died of lung disease were, like, it was really rare, and it was, like, out of the blue. She just died. Aww. So it's still, like, really weird. So it's still, like, the Dudley curse followed her because she was born in Dudley Town. Yeah. By the end of the Civil War, we're going to backtrack a teeny bit. Or no, we're not going to backtrack a teeny bit. Sorry. So in 1901, uh, just a few families remained in the area, and the curse struck a, uh, struck again, destroying the Brophy family. So this is really cool. Bye, Brophy. First, Miss Brophy died of consumption, which was considered common. But then on the eve of her funeral, her two children vanished in the woods and were never seen again. What the fuck? Yeah. So now I'm going to backtrack a teeny bit. What? As I've been telling you a little bit of these main stories, before the Civil War, before the, you know, um, downturn of families in da- in Downton, I almost said Downton Abbey. In Downtown Abbey. <laughs> in Dudley Town, there had always been stuff of like, okay, you, it's called the Dark Entry Forest because it's always dark there. It's spooky. This used to be Native American tribal grounds. So they would always say like, there's weird sounds coming from this area. You know, we'd see spirits, we'd see will-o'-wisps, we'd see, you know, you just don't go, you know, so shut up. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. <gasps> Not skinwalkers, uh-huh. but. Tyler's freaking. But yeah, Tyler's freaking out right now. <laughs> so I'll get to not skinwalkers, but the other one. We'll get to it in a second. Okay, so they'd always say like we would see beasts and carcasses in the forest Ew. and shit like that. 
And so when we get to the Brophy family, this is the real first account of like shit that gets to the whole conspiracy that I think that's going on here. But just wait, okay? So Miss Brophy dies, and then her two children on the eve of her funeral go missing in the woods Jesus. and were never seen again. Shortly after this, the Brophy house burned to the ground. And by the time the embers were put out, their father, the father Brophy, father Brophy was nowhere to be seen. What so the, the father's what? just gone. Reports of this whole thing range from the father going mad from grief and killing his kids and then burning his house to the ground. That's what it sounds like to me. Two, there are literal reports of people seeing a mysterious beast dragging Father Brophy off into the dark entry forest. Just like there are also accounts of people seeing the kids being drug in, off into the forest by a beast. What the fuck? Yes. We're ignoring that and going forward for a second, but we'll come back to it. You tease. Shortly after the Brophy incident in 1901, Dudley Town became a ghost town and remained that way for years. So, like, the few rest of the families were basically like, fuck this, fuck, like, we, we shouldn't, there's no need to be here, it's hard to live here anyways, and then fuck that. Like, we're leaving. I don't know. I want to live in this place. Where is this place? <laughs> Connecticut. Yeah, I'm probably fine Connecticut. with Connecticut. Um, so, sometime in the latter 1910s, a guy by the name of Dr. William Clark, a cancer specialist at the time, fell in love with the area and then bought a hundred, a thousand acres of the Connecticut wilderness. Tragically, out of these thousand acres, he chose to build a vacation house near Old Dudley Town. Oh my God! Not <laughs> far from the Dark Entry Forest. And then he was beheaded. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He and his wife basically used the retreat for years until one fateful week in, 19, or in 1918 when Dr. Clark was called to New York for a medical emergency, leaving Miss Clark home alone in oh, an right. isolated area. Oh, God. So if we haven't said I really haven't said this because I'm drunk. I had this noted. <laughs> Here we are. What Basically, the whole assumption is like from Edmund Dunty, Dudley down through the Dudley line, the fact that all these like Dudley ancestors got back together multiple multiple generations later at Dudley Town is the fact that not only the Dudleys are now cursed but anybody who is born or lives in Dudley Town becomes cursed you sort of get that from like the girl who goes and marries the guy who runs for president et yeah cetera, et cetera et cetera yeah, yeah. sorry I, I meant I forgot to mention that but you can sort of easily assume that just to go like this curse now has cursed not only the family and their ancestors but anybody affiliated or near the town oof yeah I don't want to live there so anymore. sorry to not for to forget to say that but I was a little drunk um, I did just take another shot, but I also just chugged some water, so I'm a little bit clear right now. So it's a neutral but it'll experience. Go <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I'm like... Mm. He's same, same. Same, same. <laughs> so when he returned 36 hours later... 36 hours. 36 hours later. Okay. Two accounts said 36 hours later. 36 hours. <laughs> he found his wife had gone completely insane... It would only spout random, almost incoherent sentences about monsters coming out of the woods and attacking her. What the fuck? The fucking woods. Okay. The creepy the ass woods. The fucking dark entry forest. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Some accounts say that she was put into an institution or institutionalized for the rest of her life, but others say that she killed herself a week later. Oof. Okay. And I think the fact that she killed herself a week later, a week later is the actual account is mm. like the real stuff that happened. Um, then we move on to <laughs> Dr. Clark continued to maintain his house in Dudley near Dudley town, basically 
and continued to visit there. He actually built a bigger house that was finished in 1930 and remarried. Um, and in 1924, he and his wife, Carita, as well as other doctors, friends, and interested landowners formed the Dark Entry Forest Association. Well, <laughs> yeah. If this isn't a conspiracy, then you can fucking kill me. Lol. Like, literally when I read that, I looked over, like, trying to look off into the ether to be like, this is a fucking, <laughs> like, billionaire conspiracy. You, like, office-style so I li- When I literally looked over, Merlin was standing at the threshold of my door into my room. Because he can't go in my room and he knows that. Yeah. And he was looking at me like, bitch, this is a fucking good spirit. He's like, meow, 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 This is a fucking conspiracy. There's something going on in the fucking dark entry woods. Okay. Y'all, you can literally go to the Dark Forest Associate Dark Entry Forest Association website. This is a real thing that was started in 1924 by a bunch of rich ass people. Okay. It was designed to act as the forest as a forest preserve so that the land around Dudley Town would remain, quote unquote, forever wild. Oh, my God. They held their first meeting in 1926 with 41 members. Dr. Clark died in Cornwall Bridge in February in February of 1943 and Carita passed away five years later. A number of their children and family members still reside in the area and are a part of the society. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Yo, we just came from like 16th century beheadings to, to like modern day conspiracies. To like iPhone conspiracies. Yeah, cover what ups the fuck? of like Wendigos. And we're getting to Wendigos <gasps> in a second. We're getting to so okay. many fun things. Yeah, so 1940s and on. Accounts from Dudley Town and the surrounding area go dark until about the 1960s, 1950s, when locals began uh, talking of strangely beast sounds echoing through the countryside and wispy wispy apparitions in the woods. Sorry, drunk. This has attracted thrill-seekers and ghost-hunters over the decades. Same. And when the interest in the area became, became too much, in 1999, the Dark Entry Forest Society banned anyone from entering the woods the woods owned by them without permission. So it is legally illegal to enter these woods. It is private property. You will be arrested. They have people who patrol. You will be arrested if you go into this area. That's crazy. Since then, there have been no accounts of people. There have been no accounts of people living in the area and it is currently private property. Okay. And there's also like, there are parts that are fenced off and parts that aren't stuff like that. Um, People who enter the surrounding woods and sometimes enter the area of Dudley Town, have reported that it is a powerful negative energy vortex or power spot. That's where my title, The Dark Vortex of Dudley Town, comes from. It is a place where entities and spirits enter our world. Our holes. So now our holes. Our Dudley holes. <laughs> our Dudley holes. Our Dudley vortex. Enter our dark energy du- Dudley holes. Enter my vortex. Enter my vortex. <laughs> so people have also reported unexplainable anomalies appearing in photographs. Um, i.e. will-o'-wisp, will-o'-wisps, orbs, Native American ghosts, etc. Others report others report being touched, scratched, or pushed by unseen hands. That. Complete silence has also been reported in the middle of the dark entry forest. Oh, hell that, no. Like, complete silence. So, like, no. no birds chirping, no insects, no cicadas, nothing going on. I don't know if cicadas live in fucking Connecticut. But you know, know what? I'm they're not Texas, there at, at this particular spot. Yeah, they're not in this fucking particular spot. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, the complete silence in the middle of the forest and spots of the forest have been reported. 
that are then broken by incoherent voices that <gasps> start from afar and then get nearer and nearer to the reporter. What the fuck? Shadow people running around the forest have been reported. There are also multiple reports of two specific shadow wolves that will stalk people in the forest and nope. try and scare them. Hell dogs, bye. Um, random beastly sounds or unearthly sounds echoing through the woods at night have been reported. They've uh, mutilated carcasses have been seen. There's even one famous woman that has reported a lot of this stuff, uh, as, lo- as well as others. She reports that one time when she tried to drive close to the to this area that she saw an apparition and then her brakes cut out and <laughs> it like almost killed her because she almost crashed because she couldn't stop her car. <laughs> oh my God. Um, that was just another tip that I threw in there. So this brings me to my personal conspiracy that I believe there is a Wendigo shit going on. Cause if you look back to the stuff that's going on in the Dudley town before I get to, before I got to these specific accounts that start like five, 10 years after the Dudley clan, um, founded this area is that even there are other accounts of just like people would get sick randomly people would go crazy and insane there are multiple accounts beyond the ones that i talked Jeez. about where people would just go crazy and then just turn up dead or kill family members Jeez. this ties into the windigo lore a ton where a, a part of the windigo lore is that you get this insatiable hunger and then you start trying to eat things and eat family members and stuff like that. And then you just go mad and crazy and turn into a beast and run into the wild and are never seen again. Oh, my God. So you have multiple reports of people running into the wild, into the forest and never being seen again. People of, like, family members happening. A good uh, repellent and a way to destroy a Wendigo is to destroy it with fire um, and stuff like that. It, it, it releases the spirit and stuff like that. That's also considered bad in some versions, whatever. We don't need to go into it. Okay. I talk about Wendigos in a previous episode. This to me just sounds like, and then you have like fucking billionaires, like the equivalent of modern day billionaires, somebody who can buy a thousand acres of land in Connecticut. Yeah. Who starts this society that is protecting and keeping the area quiet and not keeping anybody going into it. So it's just like, I don't even give the fact, like I don't give a fuck if there isn't Wendigos going on, but something's going on in that forest. Yeah. Like it's either like a sex child ring or Wendigos. <laughs> yeah. Like, like one or the other. One people. or the other. Some fucking shit's going on in that fucking area. Someone to this, Like that. literally right now. Yeah. Like right this very second, <laughs> someone go fucking take a look because something yeah. shitty's happening over <laughs> someone there. Someone bring your fucking phone. Yeah. Bring your phone. <laughs> Bring like a knife and yeah. like go. Like holy shit, something is going on in fucking Dudley Town in the Dark Entry Forest. Okay. Yes. You can literally go online and you can search the Dark Entry Forest Association. You can go to their website. I Ooh. have been to it. Yes. Like holy fucking shit. Um, and to this day, I would not encourage going because you will be arrested if you are going into the area. We should go. Um, there is uh some actually really cool, um. There's parts of the forest that aren't owned by the society that you can go to. And there's like a ruin of a tower that is like super gothic and influenced and has gargoyles and shit that you can actually go see. And it's like literally like abandoned ruins with gargoyles, like in the middle of the forest that you can go to. Yeah, it's really cool. I love it. So, yeah, this is a fun story. So, sorry that was super long and there's like almost needless history, but it's just this whole curse that follows some dude being executed. In the 15th or the 16th century. It's just, it's just, that's just fun realism. I love it. Like the fact that some dude was executed. And so people made up the fact that his whole clan was cursed because most of his, you know, progeny were also 
beheaded and then weirdly beheaded in the same exact spot. I mean, yeah. I guess it's not weirdly because the Tower of London is where the monarchy was. Mm. So, it, and whatever. We don't even know. But I'll still, it's spooky. Isn't that fun? It's spooky. And the whole thing is like, his and then whole there's a modern day like. Fucked billionaire cult that's yeah. like protecting the area you know like, his, his whole family's spooky and his whole family's fucked isn't that fun all yeah. from that one guy got beheaded imagine if he didn't we wouldn't have this episode yeah. to talk about so just to leave you with a little tidbit of like a backing up my theory that this is related to a conspiracy hiding Wendigos. You're like, because it is. Is that when I talked about Wendigos Wendigos originate from the Algonquian peoples the Algonquian Native American peoples and it is like their folklore. That's where it comes from. This basically spans a lot of New England and then a ton of Canada. Okay. Um, and then it goes around the Great Lakes area and stuff like that. However, it does uh, the Algonquian language, like uh, the Algonquian peoples, um, sort of surrounds this area, this like little random triangle area on the eastern side of the Great Lakes area that involves Connecticut or that includes Connecticut. And those people are the Iroquian, I believe it's the Iroquian um, Native American peoples. And those people are the people that cover Connecticut where the Mo- and the Mohawk Native American tribes are a part of these people. Ooh. So they don't specifically come. So the Mohawk uh, Native American tribes, which are supposedly, supposedly the, the ancestral lands of Dudley Town, they are not a part of the Algonquian peoples who where the Wendigo like, you know, legend originates from. However, it literally is like the Algonquian people's like land is all around the Iroquian. That's crazy. So it's just like, okay, like, yeah, they actually are where they were warring for a while. But like, I still think that like there's a connection there and there's like a cover up going. I just like, I don't really think that, but it's just really fun to just like be like, oh, fuck, like. Why did they make this society and then ban anybody coming into the land? Like, what the fuck You're is like, going on? Because obviously something spooky's yeah. happening. Like, when rich people create a society and then ban people from doing stuff, I'm like, there's a cover-up going on yeah. almost certainly. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the end of my fucking Dudley Town. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. So okay. you got learned and then you got spooked. Yeah, I'm fucking spooked and I'm learned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... I'm going to talk about some cults. Yes. Let's cult it up. Wow. Yeah, enter that song. Yes. So that song is uh, Go Outside by the band Cults. It's such a good and song. And their music video is they actually like put themselves into footage from Jonestown. And that's their whole music video Ooh, yeah. is them pretending to be it's in like Jonestown. It's like the perfect summer song. Oh, yeah. It's the perfect everything song and specifically talking about cult song. Yeah. So like pause the podcast, go listen to them, and then like come back. And now you're in the mood that I need you to be yes. for the Ant Hill Kids. <gasps> yes. Do, 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 do. Oh, so 1977, Quebec, Canada. Yeah. One charismatic religious man had a goal to form a commune where people could freely listen to, you know, his motivational speeches, live in unity and equality and be free of sin. And they would live off the land, sing songs of praise and live the dream of like the counterculture of the 70s, you nice. know, minus the drugs. You know, it started out like a dream, but 12 years later ended up being a complete nightmare. Now, before we get into the whole cult, let's talk about the leader. Okay. Rock Terrio. 
So Rock Terrier was born on May 16th, 1947 in a town called Sunken. <laughs> in, a, in a town in Quebec. <laughs> nice. <laughs> in a town in Quebec, Canada. Um, he was born. His parents were... Oh my God! These these names. I realize I've not tried to say these names oh out God. loud yet today. Um, Hyacinth and Pirate. Hyacinth, yeah. They're French. <gasps> oh my God! Cheerio. Hyacinth is a flower, and oh, really? it's actually a a gay Greek myth, uh, mythological mythological tale dealing with Apollo, the god Apollo, Ooh. falls in love with a guy named Hyacinth, and he is killed be- because Aphrodite gets jealous, and then he makes a flower out of him. Ooh, okay, so actually, <laughs> I've tricked you guys. This is not about cults. I'm this drunk. is actually about <laughs> I'm drunk, uh, so I'm gay I'm Greek sad. mythology. So yeah. I, I, you're, you're punked. That's what it's about today. Yeah. Um, so anyways, Rock Terrio was the second of seven children, and he was the oldest boy. Now, they moved when he was about six to the community of Thetfold Mines in the eastern townships. Um, the local school only went up to seventh grade. It, like, stopped after Shit. that. <laughs> Um, so obviously like none of the Terrio children went past seventh grade and instead what they did is they then studied the Bible because, you know, <laughs> we're talking about a cult. So like naturally that's the childhood. Sounds like my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, George, it's time to read the Bible. <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you're my like, George you're like I love pussy. <laughs> I love pussy as much as I, I love, love the Bible. And Christ. And I love pussy as much as I love the Bible and I don't love pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that's gory not 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 george <laughs> not george. george loves the pussy george the loves bible. pussy and the bible george believes in christ and the fan fiction bible <laughs> aka book of mormon now in terms of abuse or any like significant signs of a fucked up like childhood like you see in a lot of like serial killers and like like jim jones for example was like abuse and stuff mm-hmm. um you know like this guy like rocky really wasn't abused like apart from the extreme like religious aspects of his family like his family life was pretty normal like they weren't super poor he wasn't really abused like he had a pretty like solid at least neutral relationship with his siblings and his parents like there's nothing really significant to note except the fact that they were psycho religious which does obviously affect I mean, a yeah, kid with the crazy. control especially um now his father specifically was really really religious in fact he was a member of the union of electors which is like an aggressive catholic group who made it their spiritual duty to turn people catholic so think of like mormon missionaries but like Damn. wearing matching uniforms and why like you... white berets and like way more intense why do people just like I mean, there's no answer to this, but, like, why do people just decide? How do you decide that that's your life? Like, that's what you're into. Yeah, I don't know. It's to just be that strict <laughs> and, like, following a creed of, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. So, between mass and being forced to do door-to-door sales, you know, for the Catholic <laughs> Church, a.k.a. missionary work. <laughs> I did door-to-door sales. I knew that would make Corey laugh. Um, Rock developed a deep hatred for Catholicism and specifically his father. Um, other, <laughs> like I mentioned, like other than this is actually a story about Corey um, and Greek <laughs> mythology. This has nothing to do with cults. Mm-hmm. Other than the psycho religion, like I mentioned, like his childhood really wasn't that eventful. His parents were abusive. Like I, I mentioned this before, like it's 
it's just really important to note that because a lot of people think like crazy psychopaths always come from a incredibly yes, abusive yeah. childhood and this is not the case like he had a very neutral childhood aside from the religion but like you could argue that like Corey and i both grew up in pretty intense religious households and like we're both normal human beings true so like i mean yeah it, it's not intense like this like definitely yeah but still like it's just important to know, like, there was not... And, like, Rock claimed later in life that he was, like, violently abused growing up. But all of his siblings and, like, all, like, like his whole family was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. like yeah. would you like to look at these Christmas pictures of all of us? Like, <laughs> bitch, we had a pretty decent life. Now, Sorry. Rock was really, really smart, highly charismatic, like I mentioned before. And from a young age, he learned how to manipulate people into believing whatever he said. Oof. You know, he was a natural at it and he loved it. Like, in fact, he craved it. Like, knowing how to control a room and knowing how to control people by putting on a show was his high. I hate that. Like, as he continued to grow up, he rejected the idea of organized religion, such as Catholicism and Mormonism. Actually, he tried Mormonism for a bit <sighs> when he was a teen. He rejected that. Smart. Uh, now, on November 11th, 1967, he married this girl. Her name was Francine Grenier. Um, they moved to Montreal, and over the next three years, she and Rock had two children. Both were sons. The first was named Rock Jr., and the next one is named Francis. Um, during this time, Rock Sr., the Rock we're going to be focusing on, um, he developed some pretty gnarly stomach ulcers. He even had to have surgery. Um, then after the surgery, like he was still in pain pretty like, consistently, and he had some complications from the surgery. Um, so this is when he was look was starting to look at ways to kind of numb the pain um he also got some major inspo from the surgery to start studying anatomy and that's important bold underline remember that Oof. okay so rock moved his family back to thetford mines around the time and around this time he got into woodworking and he started drinking like a lot like way more drinking than we do <laughs> Like, super like we alcoholic. Have fun. He wasn't having fun. Yeah, he was not having fun. Yeah. And, like, this was to, like, numb the pain. Like, he was doing the woodworking. He was doing the drinking um, to, like, numb that stomach ulcer pain that he was experiencing. Ooh. Now, when he wasn't drinking, like, he would be doing his woodworking, and he would take his amateur wood sculptures, and he would sell them in Quebec. Um, pretty much whenever he was in Quebec, he would cheat on his wife with, like, multiple different women, but specifically with this one girl named Giselle. 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 <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> he wasn't making much money, and eventually the local. Wait, can you say that again? Sorry. Giselle. <clears throat> Obviously, he wasn't making much money, and eventually the local credit union like repossessed his house and all of his belongings, and his wife pretty much said, "Fuck you, I'm out." Mm -hmm. Took her two kids and left to sorry ass. Get it, girl. So Rock at this point was like, okay, I don't really know what to do. So we kind of moved in with Giselle. Giselle. I'm just thinking of Brock Turner like yeah. the entire time. So Rock, a.k.a. Brock Turner, moved in with <laughs> Giselle. And, but he didn't really want it to look like they were living with each other because they weren't married. Oh. Um, but, you know, they were sleeping with each other every single night. And he was sleeping in her house. So what he did was he just set up like a bed in his car, like in his truck bed, to make it look like and give the appearance that he was sleeping outside of her house to keep Interesting. like some like pure. I, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um. I don't really know who he was worried to offend, but, like, he was clearly showing some signs of paranoia. Um, note, like, at this point, he was still drinking, like, heavily. Like, alcohol was his thing. Like, that's what he was doing. 
So around this time, Rock discovered the Seventh-day Adventist church. Um, he was drawn to the church because it was kind of a mix of counterculture of like the 70s. So, you know, like healthy and natural food, alfalfa sprouts, like yeah, whole wheat bread, yoga, like a more simple way of life, like namaste, like that shit, plus Christianity, specifically like the Old Testament. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds for him. Um, so he started going to church and he went every single Saturday. He quickly like became a follower. He quickly like rose to the tops of being a leader. And because he was extremely charismatic and he knew how to put on a good show, like think Jim Jones, um, people ate everything up that he said. Like Whoa. he would just get up on stage and the whole crowd would just listen to him and just be in love with him. And he would look at someone and they were like in. So really, like, at this point, you should be thinking of Jim Jones because this is very similar. Like, he would put on the same type of shows. Um, he would just draw on the same type of people, like Whoa. like young kids who were just looking for a different way of life, rejected by modern society or their families. And they just wanted to be part of a community. Um, Rock made each person feel special when he looked at them in the eyes. Like, they were pretty much hooked. Like, Rock would treat them... Like, they were everything. Like, he made them feel like they were home. It, they, he easily hooked them, reeled them in, and manipulated them. Mm. Around this time, Rock started getting fascinated with the apocalypse. <laughs> and he spoke frequently on how to prepare for the end of times. Um, his teachings were getting more and more intense. And then finally, he started saying, you know, he met God. He had visions of God. Um, God came to him. He was a personal friend. Um, you know, like, I am the hand of God. I'm the speaker of God. Like, what I say is directly from God. I am, like, He just, like, Moses. starts saying that a little bit on the pulpit, and people buy it, and he's like, hmm. Yeah, but the church that he was, like, preaching out of, the Seventh-day Adventist church, was like, yo, <laughs> T, what like, the fuck? <laughs> they're like, you need to calm the fuck down, like, or you need to leave. And he was like, but the end of times, I'm God. And they're like, okay, GTFO. So they kicked him out, and he was like, okay, well, I'm going to just create my own community, Whoa. pretty much, a.k.a. like a cult. So in 1977, Rock and his 10 followers at this time, um, he would always have them like visit him in Giselle's apartment. Um, they would go there for like sermons, church activities, etc. And over the next few months, he pretty much convinced every single one of them to drop out of school, quit their jobs, oh. leave their friend groups, leave their family, and to just fully saturate themselves into his teachings um, since the end of the world was upon them. Because, like, the end of the world was end, like, the world was ending in a few years. Like, fuck it, why go to college? Oh you could God. just be with me. Um, at this point, like, all of the women started having regular sex with him, um, and he used that to further manipulate them by making them feel special, loved, and safe. Like, God chose you for me to have sex with you. Whoa. Like, God's choosing you to be here. Like, this is a, like, this is huge for you. You you are valued in the eyes of God. Like, you need to have sex with me and bear my children. Or you're going to, like, make God angry. Now, he took his followers and a few new interested people to a lake retreat in the middle of fucking nowhere. And this is where he had a vision of God telling him that they had to settle here and huh. build a community. Eight people agreed and moved with him. These people included Giselle, this girl, Solange Bullard, Boyard, she's 21, Chantelle Labrie, 19, Francine Laflame, 18, Nicole Ruel, 20, Jacques Fissette, he was in his mid-20s, Claude Ouellette, 24, and Gabrielle Lavallee, or Lavallee, important. How old is he? 
Uh, Rock was born in 47. This is 77. So 30. Oh, wow. So together, him and all his followers, they opened the Healthy Living Clinic, which is an alternative medicine venue where you can get organic foods and holistic literature to help you cure any ailment. Of course, though, like, you know, his followers had to fund everything. And if you wanted to go to the holistic living clinic or the healthy living clinic, like you had to pay. So his followers paid. They also did the labor. They built the cabins. They created the farm. They did everything by themselves. While Rock just stood there, preached to them, and fucked the women. Oh, my God. Still, though, like, they didn't see anything wrong with the situation. You know, they felt like they were doing their spiritual duty to build a healthy living clinic. Like, everything they were doing felt like it would be for their better world, for their dream world, for all of these promises. You know, a beautiful piece of land, a beautiful log cabin with people with like like like-minded interests on their own farm like everything sounded great and i want to take a quick note like right here because this is what i always mention during my jonestown episode like you have to remember like these people that are with him aren't like crazy people he found off the streets they're people like you and me they just wanted to live a better life and rock promised them that but slowly over time like he manipulated them and was brainwashing them to the point where like they didn't see anything wrong with the fact that they are the ones doing all the work and paying for all of it and rock was sitting there like that's just a cult (laughs) people in quebec started hearing about a small off branch of the seventh day adventist church moving into the woods slash by the re- by the lake to reject modern society and get back in touch with nature and their roots and god so people were invested pretty much like the town was talking about them people came out to meet rock and they they came out to like see the commune and uh, rock used this as a perfect opp- opportunity to get even more followers um, like i've been saying this entire time he was a charismatic showman Like, he knew exactly how to make people feel special, loved, and cared for. He knew how to make them feel like living with him on, like, in his commune would bring them great happiness, both spiritually and physically. He made them want to live there and learn with him. So they did. Um, Some people that joined, uh, Leo Mark Foucher, um, he ended up actually selling every single thing he's ever owned and gave all 100% of that money to the clinic. He moved there with his wife and their one child. The next person is Jacques, some French last name, Gigeri, and yeah. Marie's Grenier. Um, they also did. And then Maurice and Josie Pelletier, they were old followers of Rock. They actually came back to live with Rock and the rest of the um, Ant Hill kids. Now, a strange dynamic started taking hold of the group because all of the women started competing for Rock's attention. Because when they had Rock's attention, they also had God's attention. Got it. Um, Rock even manipulated the men and made them believe that him having sex with their wives was a blessing in God's will. Damn. <laughs> so each girl became... <laughs> you know those those uh, memes where it's like Skyrim and it's like Deception 100. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Like this fucker is like charisma is like off the charts. Yeah, charisma off the charts. So each girl became one of Rock's wives, and they started having his children. Now, all while this was happening, they were still, like, living this picturesque, like, commune, hippie, counterculture life. At least that's what it looked like from the outside. But in reality, like, they were barely eating enough food or drinking enough water um, to really sustain themselves. And they were working, like, 14-plus hours a day on the land every single day. 
And Rock knew this was happening. He knew that he was making everybody exhausted. They could barely think for themselves. They were just easy targets to be beaten down psychologically because they literally did not have the energy to do otherwise. Um, Rock also made them dependent on him, the farm, and each other. He controlled them and masked his control with the love and um, from God. And his followers really believed him to be an Old Testament prophet. And they started referring to him as Moses. Oh, my God. Yeah. It gets crazier, Corey. Like, this Holy is shit. page five of eight that I just got onto. Jesus We're, Christ. Yeah. So, Rock started drinking again. Um, and whenever he drank, he would turn into, like, a physically abusive monster. Oh. So, it went from, like, the psychologically abusive to physical. Yeah. Um, basically, if he had any reason to think that someone wasn't happy in the cult, um, questioned him or the cult, etc., he would beat the shit out of them. Um, over time, like the abuse became more and more extreme. You know, you had things like he would hang people from the ceiling. Uh. He would pluck out their hairs one by one. He would force them to stay outside in the brutal Canada winters. Um, you know, all the way to him, like That's shitting on one. someone, um, all by saying this was because of like punishments from God for like all of your actions. Um, still though, like his followers were so manipulated by him that his punishments didn't seem unfair or bad. And whoever wasn't being punished, they were just so grateful that they weren't the one being punished. They would pretty much do whatever he told them to do. And the people that were being punished would essentially thank him for punishing them to purify them of their sins oh and God. for their wrongdoings. So I'd be like, bitch, you left me out in the cold. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Bye. So like you wouldn't last long in a cold. So you'd be like, I'm fucking over this. It's cold. Bye. <laughs> Family members of some of the followers grew concerned and they called the police. Um, side note here, like, you know, Rock made sure that the, his followers were completely disconnected to the family as much as they could, just like what happens in any other cult. So the family members that were calling, like they were calling because they were concerned because they haven't heard from their kids in like yeah. months or years. Um, so it's not like anyone in the families like knew what was going on. It's just because they didn't like, like hey, I don't know what's them. going on. Cause I don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cause they just didn't know what was happening. So they called the police. The police rolled up. They took rock into custody and they ended up actually taking him to a mental hospital and they held him for a psychiatric evaluation. Get this. Are you ready? Oh God. Put like, hold your fucking true crime pasties on. No. Because by the end of the evaluation, the head of psychiatry called a news conference and he told the media that rock was a shining example of a man of god his desires were pure and nothing was wrong with him or his commune all he wanted was a simpler way of life to study his beliefs he also went on to say that he couldn't believe that police would ever subject a man to such harsh treatment and embarrassment for being so pure and godlike what the all who did fuck? not think like like rock all who did not think Rock was a great man should be ashamed. And it didn't stop there. What the The hospital fuck? then gave Rock a <gasps> mental patient to live with him at his health clinic to heal. No. So Rock put that kid in charge of watching the children. No. But no one was in charge of looking at this kid who they just pulled out of a, an institution. What happened to that doctor? Did he go to the... No, he, like, unknown. No one talked about him again. Oh, my God. So one day, while Rock and all of his wives were, you know, out doing whatever culty shit they were doing in the woods, um, the hospital kid was with a baby that wouldn't stop crying. So he started beating the baby. So much so that the baby went into a coma. 
when Rock returned, he decided that in order to heal the baby, he had to perform a circumcision on him. Rock, who has never performed surgery before, who only became interested in anatomy after his own surgery, decided that he was well-equipped to perform surgery because God, because it was the will of God, and God would help him through the steps to successfully perform a surgery. Holy fuck. So Humans Rock are horrible. So Rock had his wives clear the dusty kitchen table, hold the baby down, and get a knife. He told everyone that God gave him the ability to perform the surgery, and if the baby died, it was because of the will of God, not because of a failed surgery. So his wives held down the baby while one of the other followers poured, you know, whiskey after whiskey after whiskey down the baby's throat for like some sort of, you know, anesthesia. He then performed a failed circumcision and the baby began bleeding out. However, the baby did not die from the actual surgery, but instead died from the amount of alcohol that was forced down its throat. Regardless, though, of how it died, the baby did die. And Rock claimed that it was God's will. His followers believed him and he had the mother of that baby burn the baby's body outside and scatter the ashes. And the next day, they just went back to like everything's fine. Rock at this point. You know, that whole event happened. Next day, they woke up. Great. It's a new day. Um, Rock turned his attention <laughs> to the hospital kid. <laughs> I just picture SpongeBob. It's the best day <laughs> Yeah, so he's, like, walking up to the hospital kid, and the hospital kid's like, what the fuck's about to happen to me? <laughs> so and the hospital kid did beat a baby in the coma. So, like, he's not a good guy either. No. But he forced his followers to pin the hospital kid on the kitchen table and he castrated him. What? The kid broke free after the castration but was complete. But it's not his fault. Yeah. He... And then ran to the woods and actually ended up getting help somehow. Oh, like, God. found help. Rock was arrested um, and he was charged relating to the castration and alcohol poisoning of the baby. Um, and he was found guilty for criminal negligence and he went to jail for two years. Now, as for the commune, most actually stuck around and waited for him to be released. <laughs> You know, they all ended up moving to four different apartments right near the jail because their commune was actually burned to the ground by cops. <laughs> yeah. How do you stick with that? What the fuck? He, he, That's resilient. Holy fuck. Yeah, they're like, it's fine. It's fine. They, like, watched him kill <laughs> a baby. Two years. It's fine. Our leader killed a baby. And, like, castrated oh a teenager. It's, it's He abuses us every fine. day. It's fine. Cops burned the our commune to the ground. mentally instituted teenager yeah so as rock called his followers every single day um he made sure during every single call to speak to each person individually again making them feel special loved and needed like he still had almost even like a tighter grasp on all of them even just from jail you know he told them that he was never gonna drink again he would never punish anyone even if the lord wanted him to and he also convinced them that, you know, everything that happened was because the world got involved with the cult. Like, if that kid, like, the hospital kid never escaped and, like, ran to the police, like, they would all still be sitting happy in their commune. Like, everything would still be okay. So instead, like, the evil world was tearing their family apart. That's why he's in jail. Oh, my God. So basically, from fucking jail, he manipulated them even more, and he had them cut ties with the world even more than they already did because now they're viewing the entire world as the enemy. Classic fucking cult, cult manipulation. Finally, it was time for Rock to be released. After his release, he told his followers of a vision of a new land they had to call home. 
The land he was referring to was even more remote to get to and hundreds of miles away from the original location. So he knew that no one in that new area even ever heard of his cult or that whole situation. So all of his followers, which included two males and nine females, all of whom were pregnant at the time, what? packed up their shit, moved to the new location and began building a new commune. So just 11 people. So 11 people and him. And, like, a bunch of kids. Like, a fuckload of kids. Yeah. Like, a fuckload. But, like, I don't even have the count. But just a bunch. Like, like have you played Pikmin? They're just the little Pikmin, like, yep. little tree There's, dudes. like, a dozen kids that's with them. So, like, and so, like, all the moms are, like, pregnant, taking care of the kids and, like, building structures. Oh, my gosh. Just like the first time years before, Rock didn't do shit. He helped by preaching, fucking, and manipulating. In a matter of weeks, the new commune was built. So, around this time, a Rock... Uh, established a new hierarchy of the group, assigning each of the wives different responsibilities and started referring to all of them as anthill kids, which is where the cult name comes from. He referred to them as anthill kids because they worked together like a nest of ants. Um, He also set up strict rules they had to follow in order to protect the cult. There are things like they were not allowed to speak to each other outside of dinner. Um, any married partners in the group, there are two couples. Um, they are not allowed to speak, have sex, or raise children together. And the only children in the cult should be uh, fathered by Rock. Oh um, no outside people allowed on their property unless Rock allows it, a.k.a. God. Um, and, and if any of these rules are broken, like there would be severe punishments. Um, his paranoia continued to grow. He was drinking more and more, and the punishments became more frequent and violent. Like, at one point, he convinced the group that one of the kids was actually the Antichrist. So he took the kid up by the clothes and um, pinned him to a tree. Like, think of, like, Jesus on a cross. Like, like pinned the kid like yeah, this. Yeah, crucified him. Um, without, like, piercing the hands, like, piercing the clothes oh, and stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, but, like, had him in the same position on the tree as, like, Jesus being crucified. And then he had the mothers and the children throw rocks at that <gasps> child because the child is the Antichrist. Um, he also convinced the group that one of the mothers had a birthmark from Satan. And so they actually exiled her for like months until God said that she could come back. Um, we're going to go through some other tortures. She came back? He let her come back. You know, God did. She came back though. Yeah. He, she was just exiled in a hut and like a hut, like, you know, a couple oh, miles away. Oh, she wasn't like sent back into the world. No, she was like, yeah, sent to like a hut oh down God. the street, down like the uh, rock path. I'm going to get into some torture now. So, you know, mm. I've talked about the hanging from ceiling hands, the plucking hairs, the just psychological torture that he would force all these people to endure. So it's escalating. It's getting more intense. So let's go through it. So if, this might be a trigger warning. Okay. Skip ahead, you know, 10, 15 seconds. I mean, you left people out in the cold. That's like torture. Yeah, but some of this is a little bit worse. For example, he would hold blow torches up to what women's the? genitals. What the fuck? He would mutilate all of his followers' arms and legs, like will them as if they're like pieces of wood. He would cut off fingers, toes, etc. He'd force them to hit on, sit on hot stoves. He would force them to shoot each other in, shul- in their shoulders or thighs if they did something that was punishable by God. He you... would make them eat dead mice. He would remove their teeth by pliers, puncture their tongue, etc. He would force them to break their own arms, legs, and knees with a sledgehammer if they misbehaved. 
It seemed like every day the punishments would get worse and worse. And if you weren't the one getting punished, you'd be thanking Rock and thanking God for being clean of sin. Or if you were being the one punished, you'd be grateful for Rock and God purifying you. Now, the most manipulative part, are you ready, Mm. about this whole torture sesh, is that while he would torture these poor people, he would weep and ask them why they had to sin to make him fulfill God's cruel justice. Why are they making him do this to them? Oh, my God. (laughs) What a fucking psychopath. Time continued to go on, and Rock had 26 children in total with his wives. But not all survived. Some were killed during surgeries. Some were left out overnight in the cold. Canada winners. Um, But even though their children were dying or getting beaten, the women were so fucking brainwashed at this point that they didn't see anything wrong situation. Except for one girl. Her name is Maurice Grenier. Maurice was married to Jacques. He's one of the Jacques that was there. Uh, But Maurice had three kids with Rock, not Jacques. Okay. Um, Only two of those kids survived. Um, When this torture was getting more and more intense, you know, this is at this point like 10 years of torture for most of them, of just psychological jail and brainwashed. She kind of snapped out of it one day and just started begging Rock to let her go. And he said... Okay, I'll let you go if you leave your oldest daughter with me. In what the, cult. the fuck? So she did. What a horrible kid. She took the her youngest baby and she fled. And after eight months of living in the real world, Rock's spell over her was really broken. And she realized the horrors that she has endured and that her family was enduring. Um, so she went to social services. So in 1988, social, ser- social services rolled up to the commune. They saw the situation and they started taking the children and they looked at all the mothers and they said, hey, if you want to continue to be their mother, then you come with us and these will be your kids. We'll put you in a new safe space. But if you choose not to come with us, these kids are going to be up for adoption. What do you want to do? So what do you think happened, Corey? They went with their kids. None of the women left. Not one. Oh, my God. But But the the kids got away. The the children got away. The 26 kids traumatized some of them because you know some of them are babies some of them are older so they were you know sexually physically abused fucked up for life but some of them weren't but all of the women just sat there they just sat there and they watched their children be being taken away and put it for adoption so i'm gonna pause here real quick again to reiterate to remind everyone that you know these women were abused and manipulated by rock for over a decade at this point over 10 years like they no longer believe they had a choice in anything so like don't shame them oh, for not yeah. leaving uh, shame rock for damaging them to the point where they no longer even yeah, had it's a just choice. an astounding situation I yeah don't it's so like crazy but i still want like disclaimer like yeah. it's not these women's fault like they were so fucked up at this point that like of course they would stay yeah after the kids were taken rock was angry at the commune and at the world He told them that everything that just happened is a result because of letting the evil world get involved with the precious God-loving commune. Um, God needed to punish someone because God was angry. And so he looked at Solange Boylard. He took her out into the woods and he beat her for hours and hours and hours. And she returned covered in blood and bruises. But the abuse did not stop there. When she complained about the pain, specifically in her stomach, Rock claimed that there was a demon inside of her and it needed to be removed. 
So he had her had other wives and other people tie her to naked to the kitchen surgery table. He then proceeded to punch her repeatedly in the midsection. What the fuck? And then forcefully administered an enema up her bowels consisted of molasses and olive oil. Then, using a kitchen knife, sliced open her stomach and tore out a hunk of her intestines with his bare hands. He then ordered another... Was she, like, awake? Yes. No anesthesia. He then ordered another follower, Gabrielle Lavalie, the nurse... To stitch up and wound with, to stitch up the wound with a needle and thread, other women on hand inserted a plastic tube down her throat and blew in it so she could breathe. All while, what while Solange was awake, and laying she there. She survived this. Gabrielle, hold on, <laughs> no, <laughs> but Gabrielle said it was to her one of the most incredible things she's ever seen because Solange didn't even yell. She didn't even scream. Oh, she, just shock set just in. The shock. If you like, yeah. Oh my god obviously that's the craziest thing i think you've said on this like (laughs) of the four others i can think about that's just like he just with his bare hands ripped some of his small her smaller large intestines yeah just out with his bare hands obviously solange died but it didn't stop there. yeah because convinced that he could resurrect her he drilled a hole into her skull what a dipshit fucked it Came inside of it. What? In front of it? What? Then commanded the two other male anthill kids to do the same. Big surprise. It did not work. She was not resurrected. And he said it was because it was not God's will to bring her back to them. And they all believed it. This is, this is ridiculous. (laughs) I know. No. Rock and his followers buried her body in the grounds of their confine, and Rock wept during her funeral, asking her why she made him do such horrific acts of justice for her sins. So, like, everyone left the next day, right? Nope. So, a year went by, and the punishments were getting more and more severe, especially for Gabrielle Lavalie. Lavalie. I don't know how to pronounce French last names. Um, Gabrielle, she was getting on Rock's nerves because he was forcing all of the wives to write love letters to him. And she was obviously struggling after watching that happen to Solange. And so he was getting more and more irritated with her. Um, also note that Rock killed uh, like one of Gabrielle's kids like in front of her by leaving the baby out in the Canadian cold winter. And she had to watch the baby die. And he's like... If the baby lives, it's God's will. If it doesn't, it's God's will. Man. So Gabrielle was like always fucked up from Rock, um, and she, he always kind of picked on her. But specifically, like, or specifically after this year, after Solange's like murder, um, Gabrielle was really getting on Rock's nerves, um, and Rock decided that she needed to be taught a lesson. So one day he grabbed her right hand, he threw it on the kitchen table. He then grabbed a knife, stabbed it through her hand into the table, and she couldn't move. Thank Jesus on the cross. Then he grabbed a carving knife, and he started carving her arm like a piece of wood. Then he grabbed a chainsaw, and he cut off her arm with a fucking chainsaw in the kitchen in front of the followers. And then he mutilated her breasts and cut them open and cut them and removed most of them. And at that moment... She says she was calm. She felt no pain. Wow. And she felt this like light come over her. And she heard God for the first time in her life. He said, I love you. You will be okay. Like, oh, I get like chills thinking about this. Like you will survive. 
And she looked at Rock and she just saw the devil. And just like that, the psychological jail that Rock put on her for over for almost 12 years now cracked open and everything just hit her. This is just disturbing. Like I'm disturbed. She knew she had to escape, but she knew she had to do it right or she would get killed. So she had to wait 19 days pretending and still living in this cult and like every day realizing more and more of the horrors that she has endured. And then finally, August 14th, 1989, she ran into the woods and never looked back. She made it to the hospital. Oh, my God. They put her into surgery for all of her wounds, and she survived. Her surgeon said that it was a complete miracle that she lived because no one should have survived what she went through. Like, chainsaw arm off? Like, come on. Like, no one. Like, it's a complete, like. I just keep thinking Evil Dead too, but. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a fucking craziness that she survived something as horrific as that gabrielle then worked with psychologists and police to dissect like what the fuck has been happening over the past 12 years um police they went and they stormed the commune but at that point everybody was gone um it took six weeks for police to find rock Uh, when he was arrested three of his wives remained by his side the others however like they were finally able to recognize what happened um, and Rock's spell and power over them was finally broken. Um, Gabrielle and the other survivors told the police everything. Good. Um, from, you know, Solan- from the baby, Solange's body, everything. Um, Rock was found guilty of assault, of, a, of amputation of Gabrielle's arm, and received a sentence of 12 years imprisonment. And then in 1993, he pled guilty to secondary murder of the death of Solange, and he was sentenced to life. So from 1993 to 2011... Um, Rock did what he did best in prison. You know, he put on a charismatic show and convinced people that he was a man of God. Uh, police actually loved him. He had like a following in jail. Um, but some didn't. Some There's fucking hated him. There's me in the corner being like, what the fuck? He did this. See, you're his cellmate then because in 2011, his cellmate made a shiv, ran up to Rock, yes. stabbed him multiple times in the throat. And then, like, after Rock died in front of him, he walked up to a, a police guard, handed them the ship, and he said, in quotes, that piece of shit is down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. <laughs> that reminds me of the Rick and Morty. <laughs> um, there, there's this thing where it takes, you know, the, the old, like, early 2000s, late 90s show where it was, like, unsolved mysteries. Like, oh, let's yeah. follow this murder case. Well, <laughs> you've watched the ID channel. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a flip of that where it's, like, quick murders. And it's, like, it starts out of, like, this, oh, can you hear me? So it's just, like, it starts out where it's, like, this, you know, 90 second like oh who who's this murder Ooh, we found him really quick so the whole thing is like a subversion of like ooh, these are quick oh, surf cases <laughs> and the last guy. one's like 10 seconds where it's like here i murdered him and he shoots him in the face <laughs> and, he, and the blood squirts on the moderator and he's like ooh, that was a quick one <laughs> <laughs> that's 100 how rock got murdered so the anthill kids oh my god yeah Jenna. they were a bunch of young women and men manipulated by a monster for about 12 years they endured punishments we can't fathom regular sexual abuse and death of their children and friends all under a man playing god it took over 12 years for someone to escape and shed light on the horror that they endured it's easy to write people and cults off as crazy but you have to realize that these people were just like you and me 
Like these were 18 to 25 year olds who were just trying to make a better world for themselves. They wanted a better life. They met someone who promised them their dreams. And slowly over time, they they were manipulated until they no longer had a choice or understanding of the situation. And that is the story of the Ant Hill Kids. Jesus. Jesus is right. That's top five disturbing. <laughs> Thank you. My work here is done. <laughs> so anyways, how's your sex life? Damn. Um, I know. It's is, a good it's one. It's been one day. Remember? Oh, it's been one day. Oh, yeah. Nothing has happened. <laughs> nothing new. <laughs> no. Yeah, nothing new. <laughs> to be completely honest, nothing new. But. <gasps> oh, wait. No, oh, my God. No, I actually have shit. Ooh, yes. Oh, shit. Sorry. Say it, Daddy. So yeah, I saw in the Invisible Man. Ooh, yes, you did. With Elizabeth Moss and then the fucking hot dude from Hunting a Hill House. Um, super oh my good. God, that's what he's from. He's so beautiful. He's so. Um, I he's did so not. Alternatively beautiful. Because I, I know what you call him, like the poor man. Jake something. Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know why, but just his look on his face, just he could tell me anything, and I'd be like, yes, sir. He tells like, you the story, you're like, yes. Like, yes so, okay, sir. imagine if he was Rock then. God then he damn. could be in the cold. Is Rock hot as fuck? Not really. Okay. <laughs> well, then I don't know how that happened. <laughs> if Jake Gyllenhaal was like, come to this fucking commune and, and throw your s- whole life away, and yeah. I'll have sex with you every once in a while, I'd be like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're gonna watch me torture babies, okay? No, my God, fuck that. But um, yeah, so so good. This movie is so well acted. The pacing is so perfect. It's just like it puts you through this like marathon of gaslighting, watching Peggy Elizabeth Moss, her yeah. character, just being gaslighted for a while, and then by the time you're just like, fuck this, I can't handle it anymore. It just turns, and you're just like, I don't want to give things away, but you're just like, fuck yes. Like, it, it's so good. It it takes time with its shots. It's not like a PG-13 modern horror where it's just like gore and like, not just gore, but just like spooks and scares, and it goes without mindlessly following, like, you yeah. know, following the characters and paying attention to their emotions. It's really good. Yes. It, it's really good. The soundtrack's really good. Acting's super awesome. Like Elizabeth Moss is just awesome, you know, perfect because she is, she always has been. Because she's Peggy. Uh, Yeah, great movie. I mean, it has good reviews for a reason. It's like, it has a 90, it's like a 91 or 92%. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah. And it's certified. Yeah, like it's really good. And it's a horror movie. Yeah, so go Lee Winnell. Y'all know our love for James Wan and Lee Winnell. They got big by making Saw. Uh, They started Saw right after, a few years after they did, um, after they got out of film school, uh, James Wan was the director and Lee Winnell's the writer. And then they went on to do Insidious together. And then our favorite. And Insidious 2. And then The Conjuring. But Lee Winnell did not write The Conjuring. He he didn't do that. But James Wan directed The Conjuring. Which makes my panties wet. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which and makes my horror panties wet with Black Acre. Yeah. And he did, um, they both did Insidious 1 and 2 together. And then Lee Winnell directed Insidious 3 Oof. while somebody else righted it. Wrote it. Sorry, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, he did Upgrade. So Lee Winnell directed and wrote Upgrade, which came out a couple years ago, which also is the poor man's Tom Hardy. Yeah. Which I also think he is crazy hot. I guess I like the poor man's version of these. He's also hot, but he literally looks <gasps> like they could not get Tom Hardy for the role. If I had a, if I could have a, okay, well, Jake Gyllenhaal just takes the cake. Yeah. But 
to illustrate a point, if I had a th- had to have a threesome with Tom Hardy and Jake Gyllenhaal or those poor man's versions, I guess I would still choose the three man with <laughs> <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Hardy because Jake Gyllenhaal. But you know, they're a close second. But the they're like a super like if you take Jake Gyllenhaal out of the fucking if you if you replace Jake Gyllenhaal with Bradley Cooper, okay, I would go with the poor man's. Unless you said Bradley Cooper with a southern accent from A Star Is Born. <laughs> so long story short, fuck the poor man's versions of Tom Hardy and Jake Gyllenhaal because Corey's always going to choose Jake Bradley J- Cooper and Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal over everything. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, go see the movie. That's all I have to say. I need to go see it. But, yeah, nothing new. It's been a day. It's been a day. So, like, obviously nothing new has happened. We haven't experienced the weekend yet. Mm-mm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna get fucked tonight, though. What's yeah, up? Yeah, I'm woo, leaving woo. tomorrow, so I have sex tomorrow. Yeah, you'll, you'll get fucked tomorrow. Woo, yeah. woo. So I hope y'all get fucked sometime this weekend. <laughs> In a good way, not a bad way. Wait, no, no, wait. They're hearing this on Monday. I mean, I hope this you week. did get fucked. I hope you did get fucked. I hope you got <laughs> fucked raw. I hope you raw-dogged it. But, you know, safely somehow, like, on prep or, like, birth control or something. <laughs> <laughs> or like whatever you want to do with your life it's your life you choose yeah i guess well, we're also need to promote safe <laughs> but sex. also we're promoting safe sex but we also respect the fact that you're an individual and you can do what you want with your life i'm promoting safe sex you get on <laughs> I'm prep promoting or both. birth control damn it <laughs> so on that note anyways how's your sex life uh, bye guys bye. see you next week